And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Once again, the Weighing In Podcast is coming to you live, direct from the cities of San Jose and Knoxville, Tennessee. That's where we are located, and that's where we do our business. We are here to talk about some of the upcoming fights that are on the schedule. Hopefully, we don't lose any more because we're losing a couple of fights. You never want to see that, but there still is a ton of MMA out there, and we are here to talk about it. Joshua! What is up, my main man? How are you doing today? We're doing good. We're doing good. I'll be doing better, though, if everyone goes ahead and hit that thumbs up and that subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button right down there below and also hit the little bell so you get the notifications on when our show drops. Where we drop What's that button again? The little subscribe button. I think oh, it's thank you. I just, wanted to know. I just wanted to make sure. Just right here. Let me see. Right, right there somewhere. Sure. Maybe on this side. I don't know. It's one of those sides. Just pick. The one that says subscribe. Okay. Then also the thumbs up that puts our videos at the top of your list to be uh, watched. So out in front of everybody else, those other ones we won't even mention anymore because they're not on our level. See, there's levels to this game. We are at the top and they know that and everybody else knows that. If you guys tuned in for uh, Ariel and DC, you noticed 30 seconds of just red screen and no sound. And that's why we will continue to be the GOAT because our product is the best. And we've just proved it again, once again. That show, what is it called again? The, I don't know. The, I have no idea. I don't even know what that show is called. I just know it's DC and, and Helwani, but I don't know if that's what it's called. I think that's what it's called. Okay, see, that's how much I pay attention to the B-level shows. Anyways, <laughs> I love my boy DC and uh, the other guy. Okay, uh, great stuff, great stuff. But red screen, <laughs> no bueno. All right, anyways, let's jump right into this. Make sure you get that little bell, though. I'm just another reminder and subscribe. Um, let's jump into it, buddy. I think one is uh, tomorrow night or tonight. Well, it, it, we... Uh, it's, it's tonight. It's Tuesday for us. It's tonight. It's in the morning. You guys are listening to this today, or it's Wednesday, and the fights are on tonight. Let's there you pretend go. pretend like we're doing this live, John. <laughs> we are doing it live. We just live. put it out taped. Yeah, yeah. We made it <laughs> um, okay, so this is, is going to be a pretty good card. Eddie, Eddie with the quick turnaround. Real and, quick turnaround. Yeah, real quick, and he needed and, it. And Eddie with the uh, his fight turned into a no contest. From a DQ. Well, talk so, to me. Talk to me on why and how and how this all maybe would have come about. Uh, I don't know. It's, you know, it's, <clears throat> I talked to Eddie um, after we did the podcast. He says, hey, I listened to your podcast, Dan, and uh, I need some help with this if you don't mind. I said, absolutely, I'll help you. And so I wrote something up for him. He's He went back to them. They have a panel, and it's, you know, it would be the same as having a, uh, like a commission you know, the people yeah, that, that are panel apparently it. fucking listens, though, because the commissions here don't fucking listen. Yeah, there you go. That okay. Go ahead. I'm, I'm right. kind of going with you. And, and I think Eddie uh, presented a very good uh, outline of reasons why a DQ in that situation was a little heavy-handed, overextended in what should have been done compared to uh, what really took place and what could have been done. And I think that they, they looked at it and, and realized, well, you know what? This is probably best for... You know, the fighters involved, even uh, the opponent or the champion who gets to keep his belt, but he doesn't get the win, but he didn't deserve a win. And Eddie didn't deserve a loss, and so it's a no contest, and I think that's really good for Eddie. That's the way it should be. Good. I, I, I like 
when there's a panel that listens to the fighters and takes into consideration the circumstances and goes ahead, go, goes ahead and rules on that. Not just walk in there and have an automatic, their mind is made up and decision before they even get there. Yeah. I've seen that too many times. I'm sure you have witnessed it. We won't get into Come on, it. Baby. <laughs> yeah, we, we won't get into which commissions do that, but I think a lot of them do it. And it's so frustrating because when you talk about things that ruin the sport, it's that's one of them. Yeah, it just f- smells of corruption. And I'm glad. I'm glad that one got it right. And uh, I know uh, no contest is, is well played. I can deal with that. Yeah. I mean, it's it, no one wants a no contest. It's not like, oh, boy, I got a no contest. What a great thing. But if you look at it in the context, it is a good thing for Eddie. He didn't deserve a loss in that situation. Uh, he wasn't trying to foul somebody. Uh, it's just the whole thing. You look at it and, you know, one has to up their game in certain areas. They have to do things to uh, make sure that, you know, their stars have people that are, you know, uh, there for them and, and doing the right thing with them. So just overall, good job by 1FC, taking care of their fighters, you know, helping the sport. Allowing fans to be happy with the results—that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, and we're gonna probably see them run it back down the line. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so it just makes for it just makes for a little bit of controversy that you know unsettled business kind of situation. Helps sell uh, the next one. But it's good for Eddie to turn around. I mean, he probably got paid his show money or whatever the money was on that fight. Whatever. Now he's gonna get a turnaround in what three weeks, two weeks, and he'll yep. be fighting it again. So hey, double pay, you know, and no contest. I know it's not what you ideally want, but. At least you got paid and you're doing two, no damage taken except for in training. And here you are back making another paycheck just two weeks, three weeks later. Can't ask for better. Just to be honest, can't ask for better. I mean, could ask for a win. Especially, but... especially now with what Eddie's making. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. Oh, geez. That guy's freaking killing it. I, I've, said, I've said forever. Um, if you're a young fighter, you guys need to go back and follow the the way his career was ran. You know, we should get him on. We, we need to get Eddie on the podcast and have him kind of run through. Well, this is what I was thinking. And this is what I did. So people I can hear it. Because there's a lot of things that uh, I see him on Twitter all the time. Young fighters talking about, yeah, I can't wait to pay off my house. And he's like, no, no, no. He like comes on Twitter. He's like, no, no, no don't, don't pay do it that. off. Don't pay it down, but don't pay it <laughs> off because you need that interest, you know, to write off for your taxes. And he's he's very smart when it comes to certain stuff. Now, I don't know what he does. He seems very smart in the stock market, but I don't play in the stock market a whole lot. You know, he likes that Bitcoin. Yeah, he's into that stuff and into the cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. I'm not into it, but uh, I, you know what? I can appreciate people that are willing to take that chance. Uh, you know, and but he's seen some good results obviously come around. He's been talking about it for a long time. And Bitcoin, I think, is that what 50 grand now a coin or some shit. I don't know, but that's a lot. I mean, I think he bought it back when it was like six grand. So he's just cashing in. I don't well, know I found I found out just the other day mm-hmm. that you know, when I had my gym, we had my wife told me that we had someone want to buy a membership with Bitcoin. It was like he's gonna pay, you know, quite a few, you know a big heavy sum of Bitcoin for his membership. And my wife said, no, uh, that, that would have ended up being millions of dollars. To do. So it's a great choice again. Great choice. Uh, brilliant. So you're saying you're good at business. Really? Oh, <laughs> I just looked, I just looked at her and go, thanks. No, uh, lovely. <laughs> lovely. Yeah. And they're hard. Apparently they were hard to come by. I'm not familiar with them. I don't keep up with them. I know Chael's into him a little bit. He's into that crypto, not in so much into Bitcoin itself. He's more into the smaller uh, cryptocurrencies. I think he also buys into the fraction stocks as well for it. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's brilliant to do little things like that where you buy fraction stocks of something, anything, you know, um, 
yeah, I think it's good. But yeah. I think I think he. I was trying to make a point in terms of for younger fighters. You guys want to see how someone has ran their career and he's made a ton of money everywhere he's went. Um, he's been successful everywhere he's went. That a lot of that has to do with him being successful. He needs to win fights, and by winning fights, you're able to kind of call your own shots when you go into other organizations. And he has bounced from organization to organizations, but on his own will. And he's pretty much developed his own terms on when he wanted or what he wanted to get paid. And he did exactly what he wanted, and look at where he's at now. And you got everyone may say, "Oh yeah, he's at one," and look look where he's at. But yeah, he's at one, and he's making a fucking killing. Okay, he's making a ton of money. There's not a fighter, I don't think, in the UFC that's not a champion that he's making less than. So, I mean, I can't. I'm thinking in my mind which fighter would be that's not a champion that he'd be making less than. Oof, it'd be tough. Yeah, I don't think there is one. I don't. Uh, yeah, well, in he's any making he's making less than Connor. Connor's not a champion. Yeah, that's true. There you go. But that's all right. Uh, that the whole card has got you know Eddie being on it. That's a, that's nice to see him back quick. It's yep. it's an opponent that I think he should mm-hmm. walk through, but that's just part of it. But they are you know, that card does have the Singali uh, heavyweight Umar Kane. I want to say it. Uh, he he's a he's a load. He's fun to watch, but he's fighting a real good guy in grill so we'll see we'll see how he does with that and then well, Shinya, Shinya Aoki sorry John yeah you. go ahead Shinya Aoki's fighting uh Foylong and I've I've called a couple of Foylong's fights and he's super good on the feet he's a dog he's I, I called his fight with Timothy Nastukin they stood toe-to-toe he dropped Timothy Timothy got up and knocked him out but it was a dog fight for the whole for like less than three minute fight but it was a great damn fight and so um, you should see it. Shinya's chin has been a little bit suspect throughout his career, especially but now. Boy, he's good on the ground. But damn, he's good on the ground if he can get him down. But yep. Foylong has got a very good takedown defense. He's very explosive. He's got big dogs in his hands. And he mixes up his spinning attacks as well into that. And that's something that jiu-jitsu guys don't normally prepare for. So that should be a good fight. And then you've got uh, Colby Northcutt, which is uh, Sage's sister, correct? Yep. Ray Daniels' wife. Yes, Ray Daniel's wife. That is correct. There you go, man. You know, and uh, she's long, man. She's tall. And oh yeah, long. very tall. All long and lanky. I know everyone in the comments. There you go. You just said that. it again. They love when I say that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, she's tall, long, and lanky. It's perfect for this sport. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she's one and one. But I mean, I, I don't know anything about her opponent, Courtney Martin. So I don't. Know I don't either. Zero zero and zero. So I think you know they're really just trying to keep uh, Colby active. Uh, you know, I, I've seen Colby fight us. I, I watched her as an amateur a couple of times. Uh, her stand-up, she's really good, and she ha- she has been working on her ground just the same as, you know, her husband. You watched Ray in his last fight, getting takedowns, doing ground and pound. You look and you go, damn, Raymond Daniels doing ground and pound. Tell me that the world is not changing. But it's really great that uh, she's been working out with him, and she's uh, been working on her game, and she's very, very, you know, good in the stand-up. She's, like you say, she's long. She's very elusive on the feet. It's always been the ground has been the thing, but she's been working on that. So we're going to see how good it is. But you know who impresses us the most on this card? I know Eddie's one of our favorites. Oh, yeah. But I can't even say his name. Ong Long Seong. Ong Oh, yeah. He's so good. He trains out of Sanford MMA. Everyone that I've ever talked to uh, has, that's uh, trained with him or has fought him. Uh, Brandon Vera has also said how, how good he is. He's very impressive. He beat Brandon Vera. He's good, good, great fighter. They now tra- I think they're now training together at Sanford MMA or at least – Brandon Vera was just down there. You remember Suzuki from Pancrase? Yes, I do. Don't they look alike? A little bit, yeah. 
Yeah, but he, you know what's funny is he looks good in this picture, nothing against him. He looks good in this picture, but he puts some size on when he's not in camp. So he's, <laughs> he, he's leaning, he's leaning like in these pictures. Like and a lean there, camp. but not. In- but when you see him outside of fight camp, you're like, wow, you're a little thicker than you look, than you look in these pictures. But yeah, they do look a little bit alike. They do, man. They look, they got that, that same look. The hair, the ears, they all just look, they look very similar. That's every time I see him, I think, man, he looks like Suzuki. Yeah, we're going to have to get Dave to, to do a face to a side by side comparison on the channel when we do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's very impressive. He's good all the way around, hard to take down, good on the feet. He's got heavy hands. He kicks really well. He's very well rounded, a phenomenal fighter, and an all around just seems like a really great guy. So, yeah. Well, he's going up against Ritter, who is, comes from a, you know, basic uh, standard karate background, uh, kickboxer, very good in striking. He's uh, got, you know, some some big knockout wins. He does have some submissions in there, so he's pretty well-rounded. I don't know if he's as well-rounded as Bang Song, but it should be a fun fight to watch, and that's, that's why it's there, man. He's undefeated. Undefeated. 13-0. He's always got to be that one, baby. That's tomorrow night. What time is that on? 10 o'clock at night again? Well, uh, is it ten o'clock everywhere? or Is it ten o'clock East Coast? Oh, I think it might Coast be ten o'clock East Coast because I I caught I only caught like the end portion of it last week because I thought it was on at ten. I clicked on it like eight something. I was like, oh shit, scrolling through the channels like yeah. ten o'clock East Coast, seven o'clock Pacific. I think. Got it, got it. Yeah, it's on TNT, guys. So check that out. So that is tomorrow night, or actually tonight, if you guys are listening. It's on Wednesday. It is tonight. You just said it too. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that is falling into the trap. Yes, and then Thursday night, we've got the PFL is back, and gosh, it's going to be a damn good main event. Roy McDonald versus uh, Curtis Millender should be a great fight. Great fight. Boy, I'll tell you what, man. You know, it's funny, because I've been around Curtis, you know, when he was fighting at the Orange County Fairgrounds for the Orange County Fight Club. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a good fighter, lengthy. You talk about tall, long, and lanky, like you like to say. But, man, going up against Rory, you know, you got to figure Curtis is coming out of, he came out of the UFC, Bellator, went to the UFC, went back to Bellator, and now fighting with the PFL. He's got got his hands full, but you know what? If he can keep it standing, he's going to do well. If he can't and he ends up on the ground with Rory, Curtis is in trouble. Click on Curtis. Was his last loss to um, Sabah? Yeah, Sabah Hamasi. Sabah Hamasi. Okay, I just yep. want to confirm. Want to make sure if that was his last fight or not. Yeah. And he lost to Bilal Muhammad. He, you know, he's had some fights in between there. He uh, he beat Max Griffin, which is a tough fight. Tiago Alves, he beat. You know, Nick Barnes, he beat. So he's beat some good names. Kevin Holland, he beat. <laughs> you know. Yep. So he's got some. He's got some good wins. Kevin Holland, damn son. All right. So well, he fought Kevin Holland in the LFA. Yeah. Yeah. It yep. wasn't in the UFC because no. he went from fighting in Bellator, and he didn't he didn't do too well. He lost to Brendan Ward in his first fight. Lost to Fernando Gonzalez. Uh, I think they they might he might have gotten one win in there, but uh, yeah, he, he beat uh, Steven. Fuck, I'm butchering these guys' names, man. Siako. <laughs> See, I don't even know how you say that. Good, yeah, I wouldn't know how to say it either. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. 
Uh, then Eddie Mendez, he lost to, and then he beat Casey Green. Uh, anyways, go on. He, he's beaten, a, like I said, from the Kevin Holland fight, Nick Barnes, Tiago Alves, Max Griffin, another guy, can't pronounce his name, I'm going to butcher it. And then he lost, you know, to another guy, can't pronounce his name, Dos Santos, something Dos Santos, and then Bilal Muhammad. He beat uh, Moses Moretta. And then he lost to uh, Sabah Hamasi. I mean, he's got some tough fights in there. He's got some good wins. What I saw against him with Sabah Hamasi is the availability to be taken down and then just settle in on his back and try to work from his guard. There was never really any influence or not any effort to really get back up to his feet. He just settled in. His corner was going crazy. You know, we were calling that fight. Yeah. And and I'm thinking to myself, he's got to get up. Like you, you got, And every time he got back to his feet, he did a no little bit of work. He did a little bit of work, and then he got taken down, and then he had just no answer. No answer for it at all. He gassed big time, which is crazy because the Bahamasi gassed even more. And he yep. just, that's why he was getting the takedown. He was hanging on to him and holding on. He, Sabah wasn't happy with his performance, but he was like, I had to make some adjustments. So he's like, I started getting more tired because I put out a lot of energy in the first round. So, But it was overall a good a good game plan by Sabah Hamasi. But, but Curtis has got all the tools. Roy is just that next level. If you can get to my, my thing is this with Roy, if you can get to that calf kick early on him, it will change the way Cor, uh, Roy fights. Yeah, Douglas Lima changed the way Roy's, and not only just Douglas, but I'm saying like a, he's ha, he has a lot of miles on him, and he's a great fighter, but his nose is not the same, and his had a calf, lot of wars. His calf and his nose are not the same anymore, and so it just it, it's. Uh, well, it, when, you know, when you're explaining his calf, what people don't realize, everyone, the muscles is within a sheath. You know, it's, I can't think of the name of it, but, but it actually, that sheath split on Rory and the muscle actually detached from the bone. And uh, he had a lot of problems with it. You know, was have, going to doctors trying to get it, you know, fixed. And he, he's the one that told us it'll never be the same. Yeah. You know, and so it's a, it's a target area for some guys, but. Rory, if Rory can get the fight to the ground, he has a distinct advantage in this fight on the ground. Not so much in the stand-up, but on the ground, he definitely does, and that's where he should take the fight. Yeah, one of the one of the guys that has like the highest fight IQ is Rory McDonald. The problem is though, his fucking big ass balls get in the way sometimes. <laughs> that's a very good point. Which is strange because you look at him, you're like, oh gosh, this like you would almost like this nerd, whatever. You know what I mean? Like you, I know people have said that about him. But I've seen the way like there's been moments where I've seen him in Vegas and he's dressed with a turtleneck and a nice the glasses, yeah, and the glasses, yeah. and everyone's like, everyone's like, God, like how does he dress like that? And I'm like, yeah, but then when you if you were to walk up on the street, you wouldn't think like you would think I'm a oh, this guy. Oh yeah, he's gonna fucking starch you. You know that's <laughs> he's. He's just one of those guys that do not let his appearances fool you. And uh, he's good. He's good all the way around. I think I think a smart fight for him, like you said, set up the combinations, close the distance, get to the, the takedown. If he does that, yep. he dominates the fight, potentially get Curtis out of there by the second round, maybe the yep. end of the first two. Uh, I look at it as almost like a Paul Daly type of fight. If he fights Paul Daly, if Rory fights him the same way he fought Paul Daly. Yep, exactly. Yep. yep. Uh, it's a... Uh... <clears throat> You know, this is a this is a good thing for Rory. You know, you you can take. A, I I'm looking at the, you know, the fight here. Both guys coming off of a loss. Rory to Lima, and uh, Curtis to Sabahamasi, who we spoke about. But both are really good fighters. But Rory Rory has definitely fought the better talent. He has been in the bigger fights. He is the more accomplished fighter right now, and he should he should 
you know, do well in this if he just fights smart. Yeah. Yeah, th- this fight, I don't want people to look at this fight like they looked at the Pettis fight. Pettis had a really tough, tough opponent. And, like, Curtis Melinda's very tough as well. But Pettis didn't have – he didn't – there wasn't, like, a, a way for him to really beat Clay Collard. It was, like, on the feet and could have beat him on the ground, but that's not the way Pettis really – he doesn't really it's take – not his down. style. It's not his style. He's like, I fight you on the feet, and if it goes to the ground, I try to get you out of there on the ground. Yep. You know, he doesn't go in there to try and take people down. That's that's not Anthony Pettis's way. Not that he can't do it. He can. Yeah. Um, Roy is somebody who uses his he very smart fight IQ. He's like, look, if I'm the best way to beat you is on the ground, I'm gonna do that. The best way to, you know, to grid it out is on the feet, I'm gonna do that as well. You know, um, but it also gets to the point where you have to start making decisions in the cage. Like, look, it's a lot of energy to get that takedown. And if I don't get it, I'm gonna get fucked up on the feet. <laughs> and <laughs> you saw a little bit of that also too with like Lima and other people that he's fought in the past with Roy uh with uh Robbie Lawler. It's like why spend all that energy trying to get the takedown? Because if I don't get it, I'm I'm just standing punching bag. So he he's very smart though when it comes to game planning, like we saw with the Paul Daly situation. So if he does that, I think he gets him out of there pretty pretty well. Good. I mean, Josh, think about this. If you go and you look at Robbie's uh, career, look at the people that he's lost to. Maybe he lost to Carlos Condit early. That was his first loss ever, and that was the fight he was winning. You know, and uh, it got stopped in the last round with I think eleven seconds to go. Or oh, something. you're talking about Rory? You're talking about yeah. Rory. Okay. Yeah. So he lost to Carlos Condit. He's lost to Rory. I mean Robbie twice. Yeah. Okay. He lost to Gegard Mousasi. He lost he to never Stephen. Never taken that fight. No, he lost to Stephen Thompson. And he lost to Douglas Lima. Yeah. So, you know, you take a look at the guys that have beaten him. They're pretty goddamn good. I mean, it's, uh, it's not, there's not, there's not a name on that list that you go, holy shit. You know, you shouldn't have lost to him. Yeah. Christ, man. He, he went through, you know, the one that gave him fits was Robbie Lawler, just with the power and what Robbie could do at times as far as that power. I also, and nothing, I'm not taking anything away from Stephen Thompson. I'll put some respect on that guy's name every damn show oh. of Stephen Thompson. But I also feel that the Roy McDonald fight in that situation, he was from, a, a, he was not the same fighter after the Robbie fight. I agree. He needed to find a way to, to make some adjustments. He wasn't able to, and it just, it, he just had a bad, he had a bad showing. Not that he would have won with the great showing either. Yeah. He just had a bad showing. He had no, nothing was working for him. You could tell there was a little bit of that hangover from the Robbie Lawler fight. And just not when you have a fight like that with Robbie, any fighter if they have a fight like that, the next fight you feel like okay, what works, what doesn't? You're trying to almost figure out your career again. You're trying to figure out what your style is. It didn't work the last time. It's been working for me to get there, and it wasn't working. And and there's a lot of things that get into it. So, um, not to take anything away from Steven, I don't even know if if Roy would have had his best night, would have beaten him. But it just you could tell in the performance it wasn't the same Roy that fought the Robbie Lawlers, the Robbie Lawler before. So Yep. I agree you know, with good you. Stuff though. Uh and then like I said with the Gagar fight, he should have never have fought that fight. I don't think he real I don't think people realize how damn good Gagard is. Like before he was even in the UFC, before he was in Strike Force, he was fighting in fucking what was it, Pride or Dream? Well, he fought in Dream. Yeah, he was fighting in Dream, just fighting heavyweights, fighting and then we oh, everybody. He's fighting Beating everybody. Mark Hunt fighting everybody and i'm like like what makes you think he's not gonna be ready to fight you guys like, <laughs> like i mean yeah he, he's he's not a big guy but he fights he's heavy on top 
Oh, his ground game is so much better than people realize. Yeah. Yeah. If he gets to take down, his wrestling is not that great, but if he gets on top of you, his ground game slick. And if you don't believe us, ask uh, Lovato Jr. He's yep. like, yeah, he's like, I dominated for the first two rounds. He's like, and then I didn't realize he was still going to be there. I was like, I had mounted him. I had all these things. He's like, but he kept escaping, getting out, and kept making me work. And by the third round, I was exhausted. And he was putting some work on me. So, yeah, I mean, he's good. He's good all the way around. He's good on the ground, good on the feet. Uh, Ray Cooper, I mean, <laughs> come on, Brada! I was supposed to fight his his dad. Yes, <laughs> I, was supposed to, I wasn't going to say it, dude. That's that's the yeah. <laughs> even his my his dad and and myself were supposed to fight probably at least three or four times. Yeah. It just never came to fruition. Every time that I was supposed to fight him, um, it was like another another the UFC called or the. Uh, pride had called it was like during that time it was like it was before i was signed with the ufc but i couldn't get a fight because i was getting injured and had some other personal stuff going on and so they were like and you know that was only there was only five or seven fights a year so if you missed one you had to wait four months and then that card was already booked and so i was like shit man so i was out for like six months had no money and so i was supposed to fight him a bunch of times and uh, it just never came to fruition. But, man, I'm thankful I probably didn't. <laughs> his dad was good, man. His dad had some head. Good boxing. That, it, you know, they're the same. Yeah. His, da his dad was a guy that on the feet, man, he he would fuck people up. And hard to take down. Yeah, very hard to take down. But if you got him on his back, he was a turtle. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, that was just not his place. He did not like to. He didn't even train the ground. He didn't like it. He says, uh, bro, I don't do that, right? <laughs> and it's okay. But his son is very similar because his son's got heavy hands. Oh, gosh, nasty. My God, he can fucking swat, man. He has got an uppercut that is just nasty when he throws it. You know, and he's uh, he's an athlete. And, yeah. uh, but he's a lot better on the ground than his dad was. A lot better. He is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is. Yeah, I was, uh, I'm, I was always very thankful I didn't have to fight his dad. Because I, I, just, I don't know. I was just one of those guys. I was like, I knew if, if my wrestling didn't get you down, I was like, oh, fuck. I kind of put more pressure on myself to get the takedown. I kind of panicked a little bit sometimes, especially young in my career when I was supposed to fight him. I was probably only about 21, 22 years old when I was supposed to fight him, you know, in those t in those years, those two or three years. Yeah. Uh, Gleason Tebow also fighting. Yeah. Jo uh, Joao Seferino. Yeah, Joao Seferino. He, uh, man, Gleason is been up and down and all over the place and still a huge guy and now he's at least at 170 instead of trying to cut to 155 which i think is a good thing he's still he's big he's got a big frame so yeah. that's a good fight you know Zhao is very good and uh it should be an interesting fight but i love the fact that he's not at 155 he's fighting at welterweight the thing i want i want to tell people that I used to help Anthony Johnson cut weight for when he was fighting at 170 because I used to corner him for some of his fights. And there was one time where they were on the same card together, uh, Rumble and uh, T-Bow. And I remember that we were walking to the weigh-ins and AJ was like, uh, he was just he was done making weight. Gleason T-Bow was, was with ATT, or I think he still is with ATT, I'm not sure. Yeah. They, were, they were holding his hand walking him to the weigh-ins because he had to walk every five feet and then stop walk every five feet and then stop and i was just like how do you expect to perform this is insane it was crazy i couldn't believe i couldn't believe i'm like dude you could just tell he was like a shell of himself yeah and he was enormous in the cage 
He's a guy that should be probably fighting at 185. Yeah, he could. He probably walks around about 205. <laughs> yep. You know, like I, I don't, I don't see why. I don't know why he's doing it to his body that way. Scare it, that scares me. When I start seeing guys do that, that scares me. Well, you were helping Rumble Johnson, who was fighting at Welter. You're right, but let me just remind <laughs> you guys of this. Look, look and, and I can speak because I, I actually, like I said, I had worked with him, I had trained him, I had, you know, all these other things with Rumble. Rumble was someone that certain camps, he took his diet serious and he didn't have a problem making weight. And then certain camps, I'd call him at night, what do you do? Like, are you, uh, when you're done training, you know, did you do your cardio? He's like, oh, yeah, he's all, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm eating some gummy bears. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, you know, I just do like four or five a night. And I'm like, you know what I mean? So there's, there's got, there was moments where he did really well and the weight cut was no problem. And then there was moments where the weight cuts were like, and I knew when the weight cuts weren't good. You want to know why? He started disappearing during the week of the fight. He'd go and he'd go over to a buddy's house to use their, to use their uh, tub to cut an Epsom salt bath or, uh-huh. or to go to the sauna over at the gym versus the one in the hotel. I want to be away from everybody. That just meant that he would, he didn't want to show me what his real weight was, you know. Especially when he fought uh, Luigi Floravante. Yeah. I didn't see him all week, and I would flew down a whole week early. I flew down three days early just to help him cut weight. Gone, gone. <laughs> he just Rumble just took off, sticks six pounds over for that. I'm like, oh. I was like, I just I knew it, man. That was when Joe gave me an earful. Joe and I got a little bit of an argue match, like an arguing match in the uh, at the event at the event. He's like, I'm gonna give him one more time. He's like, you didn't fucking make. He starts yelling at me. You didn't fucking make weight. That's it. I'm putting him at fucking 185. I'm done with it. 185 it is. He's not getting any more fights at 170. I said, look, he had a knee injury. He had, you know, couldn't get him to run. I said he did the best he could. Blah blah. But you started him. lying for him. Nah, no. <laughs> he did have a little bit of a knee injury, but I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was as severe as he made it out to be. But he didn't. So we we were able to hash it out with. Uh, I was able to hash it out with him for Joe. For Joe. Yeah. And uh, he had a couple more fights at 170. <laughs> <laughs> fucked it up when I stopped cornering. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of interesting people on the PFL's card though. You know, you got uh, Cesar Fajaya from Brazil that you know was in the UFC. He's in there. You got Vinny Magalhaes. Is the, the guy he's fighting is Jordan Young, who uh, eleven and one has his one loss is against. And I'm going to say the name wrong. Julius Anglicus. It's got Anglic- it. Let's just call it Anglicus. <laughs> Thank you. I would love to. <laughs> but uh, you also got, I, I hate the name, you know, Horseface or Antonio Carlos Jr. is uh, He's fighting against Tom Lawler. Tom Lawler coming back and giving it a go again. And Chris Chris Camozzi's in there. And Chris, Chris's stand-up has gotten really good. He's a grinder. He's a tough dude. Um, it should be an interesting uh, fight with him and Sorty. So there's a lot of good matchups in the, in the PFL. Yeah, it's like a sneaky good card. Like yeah. if, you guys, if you guys like good fights, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get at least four or five really good fights out of this. Yes. The only problem that I have uh, with the Jordan Young and, and Vinny fight is that you just sometimes you don't know which Vinny's gonna show up. You know, like the the tough, nasty, gritty Vinny, like the one's gonna get on you and just attack, attack. Is but but it comes in shape. That Vinny's great. The other Vinny that attacks and attacks and then runs out of gas and then lays on his back, that yeah. Vinny kills me. Because I'm like Vinny, you're so damn good, man. Oh, on the ground, he's just remarkable. Yeah, I'm like, like, come on, bud. Doesn't like getting hit, dude. No, I know. Never like getting and hit. It, and he gets tired. He gets tired because of the pressure he puts on himself because he doesn't like to get hit. That's right. Oh, like they, they've talked about, if you guys remember that old saying, the black belt turns to a white belt after three or four punches. 
you know it's like it goes after one punch it's brown belt after the next punch it's purple belt next punch blue belt and so on and so on next you know you're in the kid belts <laughs> he's, <laughs> sudden, he's, a, he's a fucking orange belt and a gray belt. one stripe oh, yellow yeah right <laughs> oh geez all right so hey that's tomorrow night on uh what's that espn2 so yes, PFL is on thursday night uh what time do we have it's in Atlantic City also, by the way. Again. It was in Atlantic City the last time. There you go. It says 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. 5? 5.30 p.m. Eastern, which means the uh, preliminaries start. I'm, I'm sure that's preliminaries. They started basically 2.30 on the West Coast. Wow. That's early. So that's the, that's the prelims start? Yeah, it says okay. 9 p.m. Eastern for the main card. Okay. Gotcha. But okay, which is on ESPN two. So the prelims yep. plus, and then ESPN two is the main. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so Thursday, April 29th, five thirty p.m. Eastern time. ESPN plus is the prelims. That's on ESPN plus, and then nine p.m. Eastern time is ESPN plus or ESPN two for the main card. You're welcome, PFL, for all of this advertising. Pay for the prelims and get the <laughs> main for free. Yeah, brilliant. Yep, yep. All right, so let's uh, let's jump into to, to the UFC. I love the I love the main event. I think the main event's a great one. Do you? Yep. I also like the co-main event. I think that's a great fight too. It's a fun fight. Two guys that are similar but different, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be a really good matchup. Uh, there's some other ones in there that are there. There's some good fights in here. There really is. Overall, I think it's a good card. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, it, they, they they blew their wad last weekend, so this card. They did pretty good last weekend. They did. <laughs> you can't beat them last I'm, weekend. I'm not arguing the fact. Other than the $70 it cost me, it was a great show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, 70 bucks. I can't even... <laughs> I want to get into it. Um, Dom, Dominic Reyes and Yuri, what do you think? I think I think I think Dom is just I don't wanna I don't wanna say the riddle's been found out, but I think I think people now, when they start seeing you lose, they're not intimidated by you as much. Well as soon as something is done, mm-hmm. people know, oh, someone did it, I can do it. Yeah. It's that whole it doesn't matter. Someone they lift a thousand pounds. No one has lifted a thousand pounds in the history of mankind. Someone does it. The next two weeks, five more people do it. You know, it's just the way it is because it's that mentality of, oh, it's never been done, never been done, never been done. Then all of a sudden, it's done, and then everyone's like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. And Dom's a good fighter. He has some areas where you know he he always needs to improve. Everyone needs to improve in things. But the guy that he's fighting, you know, I've uh, I've been in there with Yuri. I've seen what he can do. This dude is, he's just different. He's different in the fact this guy is one of those true guys that I will take what you have just to hit you. You want to hit me? I'll let you hit me so I can hit you. He is tough. He has no quit in him. You will never see him being broken. It is not going to happen. You'll get people that can out slick him at times you get people that can out technique him but 
He is a gamer. He is a tough son of a bitch. He is awkward. He's strong and he does not stop and mentally super strong. So Dominic's got his hands full in this one. Yeah. What I, what I like about him is that it almost seems like the first two or three minutes is a warm up because he just progressively gets faster and stronger throughout the fight. There's not a, there's not a lot of guys at 205 that you can say that about. Yeah. You know, I would say like John Jones was like that. He was very similar to that where he would just – he was just a little bit of a s- slow starter for the first two and a half minutes, and then John Jones would just started to run away. Building. With he started fighting at a faster pace and faster pace, and the guys couldn't keep up. Yuri's not as slick as John Jones. I'm not trying to say that. What I am trying to say is that he has – he has uh, I don't want to say endless cardio, but his conditioning goes. He's a he's a goer. He will keep pushing on you and pushing on you. And we've seen that with past guys, you know, when he fought in uh, in Ryzen. You know, we've seen it with past guys where he's just pushed them so much and made them fight at a pace that they can't control. That they either have to keep working and then they break, or he just he or he breaks you by just going faster than you and he catches up to you and hits you and clips you and makes you outwork and then he outworks you. So that I think that's going to be the key. But the, the the height and the reach will give I think give him a little bit of problems because Dom's what six eight. No. How tall six is four. Is he only 6'4"? God, yeah. what am I thinking 6'8"? I don't know why. 6'4". Yeah, yeah. Okay, my bad. Sorry, guys. All right. 6'8 is pretty freaking big. Yeah, well, maybe yeah. I'm thinking because maybe Steve Mowry. Steve Mowry from Bellator. He's Mowry is 6'8". Six, six, eight. Okay, that's what's going on with my life. Yeah. Got it. 6'4 is still tall as hell. Yeah. You know, how tall but is he? Yuri's right there. He's right there, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, yeah. Say so he's at least 6'3". Six, 6'4". Hey, see? There you go. Should be a good fight. Should, oh, be, it should good. be a really good fight. You know, his last loss, he's had like, what, 11 straight wins, 12 straight wins, something like that. His last loss was to Mohamed Molal, man. No, King, King Mo. King Mo, yeah. That was back in the Ryzen tournament when they both went to the finals. I did it. Damn. And uh, he got hit with a big shot, got hit with a left hook and then a fucking right hand, and uh, Mo was able to finish him. And, but he hasn't lost since. Wow. And I'm telling you, the dude's a gamer. He is tough as hell, and he can take a big shot. So uh, Dominic can throw. He's got good got good speed. He's got good power, but he is going to definitely have his hands full. And like you said, Yuri just keeps building. He just keeps on coming. He just keeps on putting more and more pressure, and he wears guys out. They, they're you know you're looking saying, man, I'm hitting this guy with everything I have, and he just keeps coming, and. Uh, He's mentally a strong some bitch. He is a tough dude, and he's a good fighter. And this is an interesting matchup. Yeah, uh, throughout here, I want to give a shout out to my boy who's fighting Gabriel Benitez. So he's uh, he's been going up and down. He fought at fifty five one time, and then he fought another. You know, it's like he, he's kind of like right there on that threshold of I don't know. Scroll down a little bit. So he okay. So I didn't see the I saw the Justin James fight. That's right, I did see that fight. Um, Omar Morales and then uh, Sadiq Youssef. I mean, I haven't seen him in a while because it's been over a year with COVID. So AK has been closed. They really haven't been doing anything. So I haven't seen him. He's been try. He's been training somewhere else. Um, but he's tough, man. He's got that that back root kick. He's got that oh. kick. Oh, yeah, he's nasty with it. He's got a good little right hook he utilizes with the straight up that straight left. He's got a nasty guillotine. His guillotine and his ankle locks now have gotten a lot better as well. He's got he's been working on those as well. I mean, he's tough. He's very tough. There's guys in here that I think he should have beat that he lost to. Like I thought he should have beat Andre Feely. 
You know, technically, I think he's a better like a, a better striker than Feely, but Feely, like you know, just gritted it out through the head, through the through the combination, and was able to land on him. He's just, he's just one of those guys. Like he he has great fights, and then he has a shit fight. Great fights, and then a shit fight. You're like, gosh, just keep the momentum going because he's good. He's very good. He is good. You know? He's a great person too. I love being around him. Good guy. Um, but just tip my hat to him. Hopefully, hopefully he does a good job. Well, how about Cub Swanson against Giga Chikadze? That's a good fight. Okay. Because I don't know if you've ever watched Giga as a kickboxer when he was in glory. Yeah. But, man, he is sharp. He's good. He's been fighting out of King's MMA for a while now, getting his uh, MMA basically defensive wrestling up. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's not a guy that's easy to take down. His striking is sharp. It's accurate. Uh, we all know what Cub can do. We know how, how what a gamer Cub is. He's a guy that walks in there with uh, his heart on his sleeve and just starts throwing, especially when he gets mad. <laughs> the, uh, it's it's really a good matchup. It, it should be a fun fight. Should be good. Cub is good. tough. I think being a veteran, um, I know that Giga's got a lot of kickboxing fights, but Cub has got the MMA experience. You have to put the fight wherever he wants. Press him to the fence, take away the striking, wear on the arms, the legs, all those things, hang on him, knee, knee, knee the thighs. Kind of wear him down. If he's able to get the takedown, that'd be even better. But I think Cub just got to utilize his fight IQ. Like you just said, if he gets mad, it all goes out the door. <laughs> but, but Cub's a gamer, man. Cub's he a is a gamer. One of the guys that I criticized on our show just after his last fight was Kai Kamaka. And when I criticized him, he actually sent me a, a message saying, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about the things that I had said. So I just, I want to see a better Kai Kamaka this fight because he's got all the tools. He's got all the weapons. He's got everything that he has to fight TJ Brown. He's, he can put those things all together and be the fighter that he is. He just got to pull the trigger and go. You can't wait around for the fight to happen and develop in front of you. You've got to make the fight happen sometimes, especially when you're watching it slip away. So there's a lot of things that he could have done. Uh, in the last fight, so hopefully he uh, gets back on track. I want to tip. Um, I just wish you luck, buddy. I know that I ripped you a little bit, so I want to let you know that I'm still uh, I'm still here, hoping to watch for the best. Not yeah. saying anything to hurt someone's feelings, just being honest. I got you. Sometimes you know, it, it, you, you never want to say anything bad, but there's times when you you watch somebody do something, you go, man, that's just not smart. You just aren't using your head, and I know that you're a smart guy. I know you've got great technique, and if you put it all together, you're a hard guy to beat. So good luck, Kai. I hope uh, hope things go well for you in the fight. It should be good. All right, so that card is on Saturday night. That'll be on what, ESPN? Or will that be on ESPN Plus? Probably, probably both, right? That one is on ESPN Plus. Um, yeah, I think we saw that it was on both. So they'll bounce it all around. ESPN and uh, ESPN two and ESPN plus. Okay, so ESPN two and ESPN plus. That's on Saturday night. All right, guys, we'll tune into that on Saturday night, and then uh, yeah. Oh, also go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code Wayne in, and they will give you some extra money. And we want to thank you for doing that because that helps us keep this damn show going. It does. <laughs> it does. So Bet on uh, anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. You guys, there's so many fights coming up. There's oh. and there's so much to bet on, you know. So make sure you guys you, you use the promo code weighing in at mybookie.ag. 
All right, what do we got for news there? Podcast Dave. Oh, and the very and one more thing, because I know I'm, I've been telling myself I'm going to do this all week. Hit the subscribe button. In the middle of the show, hit the subscribe button. I got to tell you, hit the subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up. I just yelled in John's ear. He did, man. It's like, damn. He's like, damn. I turned your volume down then. And then uh, Doesn't matter if I turn it down or not. You're yelling. I have one of those voices, too. Just the noise of shit out of people. So hit that subscribe button. Hit the little thumbs up and also the little bell so you get our notifications on when our show uh, drops. All right, guys, let's get into it. What do you got for us, Dave? Uh, so after this weekend's events at UFC 261, you know, aside from the fights, there was a confrontation between Jake Paul and Daniel Cormier. So DC went on his show and he said basically the only way he fights Jake Paul is uh, if Jake comes over to MMA and DC will cut to 205. Um, and then and then kind of tying in with that, Jake Paul would come out and said that he claims he's better. He's a better striker than 99% of MMA fighters. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, <laughs> all right. Let me. Get, I'll give you my take on this whole thing. Yeah. First off, I think it'd be a great thing for Daniel Cormier to have to get back to two hundred five. It'd be awesome. It'd be it'd be good for his health. I love the whole thing. That's smart. I, I'm not saying to be a wise ass. I I mean it because I know he'd be working out. Uh, he he would be limiting his diet to better food and stuff. So that's good for Daniel because it's healthy for Daniel. I love that. I also love the fact that Daniel is smart enough to say, I'll fight you right now. Come over to MMA. Why is everyone being pulled over to that man's game? At least Daniel is smart enough to say, here, come play my game. Way to go, Daniel. Way to be the the, the one smart guy. Now, there's going to be people saying, oh, but if you go over to his side, there's more money. He's going to get paid money. Okay. Money's not everything in the world. And if you want to get beat by Jake Paul playing his game, Go ahead. It's it's on you. You're the one that's got to live with it. Dan, Daniel Cormier is not the guy that's going to live with that on his on his record, on his, you know, whatever you want to say, his obituary in the end. He will never let Jake Paul beat him. And that's why he says, come over to MMA and I'll fight you right now. I'll go down to 205. Good for you, Daniel. That's what I love about smart men like you. If he was so, if I have a question, why is there more money? If Jake Paul is such a big draw and you move him over to MMA, all of his followers apparently will tune in for the pay-per-view. So what do you well, mean? Money? Well, then it would that would just depend because it would be Mr. Cormier is still under contract with the UFC. Yeah. So that means that Jake Paul would have to sign something with the UFC, but he would have to work out a contract where he got those pay-per-view dollars. Daniel Cormier, or not Daniel, Dana White is somebody that would pay Daniel a little extra cash to shut that fucking poodle-haired kid. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that has nothing to do with Daniel yeah. Cormier's money, does it? I, and that's what it, I'm saying. Like, it has to do with Jake Paul's money. Yeah. Oh. But I'm saying if you're if he's such a big draw, then let's just say like, he's saying they got 1.3 or 1.4 million pay-per-views, which is I think is just absolute That's a lie. Bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. There's okay, no but, and first off, you, so people know. You know, when the day after the fight, when Jake Paul or anybody is coming out saying, oh, we did 1 million, then it was 1.2 million, then it was 1.3, now it's 1.6. Okay, that's a lie. They don't get those numbers that fast. Now, they can they can look at certain parameters and guess what's in there, but I can guarantee you it wasn't those numbers. 
The reason why I can guarantee it wasn't those numbers, Triller is now going after Suing. streaming. I love that. Suing for $100 million. Yeah, why? Streaming because they didn't make the numbers they thought. Who they told you? Yeah. Who told you? Jake Paul's little, little followers? Those are the people that steal it. <laughs> they don't pay for things. They steal yeah. them off the internet. Yes. Yeah, so if he if Jake Paul is such a big draw, tell him to go to the UFC and fight Daniel in the UFC. Yeah. Fight MMA. Daniel's an old man. He beat him easy. Yeah. Daniel would fucking mop the <laughs> take fucking poodle hair and just, just all across the damn mat, upside down. <laughs> like a dad does to their child and they're fucking Well, it would be a dad with his child because he could he could actually be his father. There's the age difference is that much. I'm telling you, like I said, look, Daniel's no fucking dummy. He's never been a dummy. He's a bright, bright person. No, he is, he so that's right. Game. He, he's put himself in great positions throughout his life because yes. of the things he has said. And because he's intelligent. Yes, he's extremely intelligent. Um, Daniel's a great person. Daniel's also very, like I said, he's very smart. He knows how to work it. If if Jake Paul wants to fight him and wants to talk shit. Jake Paul doesn't want to fight him. don't want that man. smoke. Jake Paul don't want it. He can't handle <laughs> any of it. Because Daniel will give it to him and fuck him up everywhere. Even if even if they had a bet, Daniel would stand with him for one five-minute round. Daniel would fucking still maul him. He'd press him to the fence, hang on his head, dirty box him. He would destroy that poor kid. It would be, it'd be child abuse. That's exactly <laughs> what that would be. It would be it's embarrassing to think. I mean, I don't look, and I'm glad I agree with you because you had just said this, and I'm, I'm assuming maybe Dale was listening to our show because he tells me he listens to our show. Is that you said that last week? He's like, why do these MMA guys keep trying to go to boxing? Tell them to come over here. Dale's the first one to do it. All of them. God all bless him. No, we ain't boxing this dude. Yeah, I'll that's box, it. That's I'll box you in the MMA cage. After I wrestle, fuck you, and then make you tired, and then box you and knock you out on your feet, whatever it is. All those things. I'll box you with your back on the canvas, face down, ass up. Like, those type of things is what he should do. Daniel's got it all under control. That's I right. I love the way that he As it. it should be. Yes. And that, this is the whole point. Is Look, all the words. This is what people need to really understand. You know, you, you can sit there and, and say what you want. You can call me bad names. Go ahead. It's not going to change my life, Okay. Now, I can respond and do the same thing back, but the smart person pulls you into their world. Right now, I'm going to give Jake Paul, he's been really smart. He's pulled guys into his world. And any MMA guy that follows him into that world is being stupid. You're being drawn in. You're not using your head. And Daniel is, like I've said, I think Daniel's, you know, we joke with all the time about Daniel and, you know, Ariel and all that, you know. Look, I love Daniel. He's a good man. He's a good father. He's great for the kids in his community. He does an outstanding job as the head coach of Gilroy High. You know, he he does things for young men that are fantastic. He is a good person. And he's a fucking beast when it comes to fighting MMA. Yeah. So go ahead, Jake Paul. Come over to his world. Let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. I doubt we, we know he's not going to do it. but it, it, No, it, nice. you know why? Because Jake Paul's not that dumb. It's just nice. It's nice that Daniel flipped the script on him and said, "Hey, come on over." Like you, if you want it to be a real fight, where you oh, yeah. find out who is the best fighter, not oh, yeah. the best boxer. Let's see who the best fighter is. It's gonna be Daniel. So that's just, and I'd love to see Daniel get down to two hundred five again. Yeah, it'd be healthy for him. It'd be good. That's what I was saying. It's all. It's everything in it is good. Oh, that's a horrible thing. 
I know. Go ahead. TJ Dillashaw out of his fight with Corey Sanhagen. Obviously, we had a clash of heads or an elbow or knee hit that eye because it does not look good. And it's going to take a while for that thing to heal up right. Oh. Oof. Oof. That's a double. Uh, well, That's a double. his main training partners are Cub Swanson and Juan, and Juan Archuleta, Archuleta, who both have fights coming up. So I'm assuming it was one of them. And they've got to feel like shit. I know as your partner, oh, yeah. I've trained with guys and I've cut them accidentally by headbutts or your elbow slides off or whatever and hits them accidentally. It's like shit. Yep. And so um, that's nasty, though. That's, that's a good one. But, it, you know, it's it has all it takes one. is just one slide of something and it hits the right way. And yeah. The skin gets pinched. And I mean, that's but that's cut twice. He's got the cut across the eyebrow. Oh, it's, he's, he's, got, he's got a double. He's got a flapper. Yeah. I mean, it, it's... Yeah. It almost like a vagina kind of just open. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Why are you looking at a man's eye and coming up with that? Hey. It's like a lobster claw. A lobster, a lobster claw. Lobster. There you go. Okay. I can see that. Casey, he, he put something else in my head. I mean, yeah, like. It's a crustacean. It's good. You guys haven't figured it out by listening to this show. I'm a little bit of a horn dog. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's great. Yeah. It does look like a little bit of a lobster claw. Yeah. All right. But I, I went with the other way. Anyways. I mean, it's, it sucks. I mean, he may need a little bit of plastic surgery. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Nah. In those he'll get, double, he'll, 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 get, he'll get a good plastic surgeon to to sew that up, and it'll, it'll be it'll you know the difference between the way doctors sew cuts now and they did oh yeah you know thirty forty years ago huge yeah. difference yeah huge difference very true very true yeah should be I mean that right there four weeks at least. Yeah. Four weeks of no contact. Yep. In the four weeks of no contact. It'll be healed up in, say, a week. Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah. He's going to need another two weeks of no contact, and then maybe another two weeks of just, like, light contact, maybe just grappling, no yeah. no, no punching yet. It's going to take about six weeks, you know, just make sure that it's fully healed. Because you guys got to remember, like, guys like – You don't like, want to split Nate, in the fight. Yeah, you remember guys like Nick and Nate. You know, they have that scar tissue when you have that already there. It doesn't take much. You bump it again, and it opens wide open. So that's and that's nasty. So that if that flays back open, the doctor would stop that. I would imagine. Yep. Yeah. Especially where it's at in his eye. Take a look at it going down into his eyelid. TJ, I was really excited to see you fight, man. Uh, get healed up quickly, and I'm hoping just a little bit longer on that. Uh, yeah. Away from the sports stuff. You'll be back, buddy. You oh, look yeah. ripped, dude. I saw I saw pictures of him the other day. Look fucking ripped. I was like, that right there, see? Damn, son. Jesus. Oh, his son looks ripped. What are you talking about? Yeah. It, ain't the, it ain't the guy in the blue trunks, the guy in the red trunks. Look at him. You know what's funny is he rolled the shorts a little bit lower so they can, he can see the V-line. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Uh, oh, man. All right, buddy. Heal up quickly. Yep. Good luck to you, man. Uh, Rachel, Rachel Ostovich signs with BKFC. There's a gnat in here or something. Well... <laughs> Rachel signs with BKFC. I don't know. It's, it, Rachel was always the, the person that seemed to be better on the ground than she was in the striking. But, you know, she'll throw. You know, good luck with it. It's a different sport. Don't think that MMA is uh, going to prepare you properly for bare-knuckle boxing. You need to learn how to do it before you get into the to their uh, circular ropes or six-sided ropes or whatever the hell it is that they're using. But a different game so learn it practice it long before you go do it yeah 
Yeah, it's one of those things. I think um, she's relative. She's pretty good on the ground. I don't see why you would go there. I would get one or two fights in another organization, whether it's LFA or some other organization, get some wins, and then try and get back. Yep. She's got she's got a huge following, and so I think it's easier for promotions, bigger promotions, to sign you based off of that as well. So she's got a huge following. If she gets two wins against two, two decent opponents, I think someone would pick her up pretty quickly. I don't like to see the BK thing because it kind of is like after that, it really depends. If you if you win six or seven of those, great. But it's gonna be hard to get back in MMA. I don't, who knows? Maybe she doesn't want to. Maybe, Maybe she doesn't. She doesn't but <laughs> when when you start, and, you know, and this is the whole thing, and this is kind of what we were just talking about with Jake Paul and and Cormier is. And you're going into somebody else's territory. You're going into their 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 game, and it's different. And it's not going to help your game as far as MMA. So all the time that you're away doing it, you're going to hopefully get better at it. But you're not going to be getting better at MMA. So then when you try to come back, you've not only you know been away for that time, you've re- you've rescinded in your abilities. You've diminished yourself. Yeah. Now you got to try to do stuff to get yourself back to where you were, not above, just where you were. And that's going to be tough. So, you know, what is it you're looking to do? Do you want to be an MMA fighter? Or do you want to be someone that just goes and gets paid for fights? Okay, I understand. Go do the BKFC. Well, I think the reason why they did sign her, and not just because and she is, she, she, she'll be fine. But I think because pay, they, signed, they signed Paige, her and Paige have fought before. Another way to market it, you know, when you're talking about marketing schemes when it comes to business. Yeah, but she was, if you think about it, I think you signed Paige for more money. So you go back and you watch their MMA fight. I think Rachel was actually doing better on her feet. And it was when the fight hit the ground that she ended up in trouble. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm happy that she got home, though. Wherever she is, I'm sure they're paying her pretty decent. So making some money. That's all it is. That's all that matters. Good luck there. What else, Dave? John Jones is no longer working with first-round management. I'm sorry, Malky. Malky Kawa does not have John Jones anymore. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, let's see, well, like, let's get into the business aspect of it all. The business okay. aspect of it is this. John Jones does not need a manager to deal with Dana White. So why give somebody 5%, 10%, 20%, 15%, whatever the percentage was, it was too much. John Jones, once you hit that level of which John Jones has hit, he doesn't need a manager because the UFC does not deal. They don't deal with managers very well. This is our number. This is our figure. That's it. Take it or leave it. Sure, we'll give you a little extra this way and a little extra that way, whatever it is. But they really have a a scheme of what they're working in. This is their figure. This is where, this is all I'm going. They have a metrics. Yes. And they're not going outside of that, especially now with the ESPN deal. And so why would you pay Malky and nothing against Malky? Okay. I'm sure he's a great manager. Why would you pay him anything? 5%, 10%, whatever it is to do a job that John Jones can do him damn self. You already know you're, you have no sponsors, you know, maybe get a sponsor. Like you have no sponsors in the UFC. You have Venom. You have Monster and Venom. You know, that's it. There's nothing else. And sometimes they do that, what, PS or P23 snack company? P3 snacks or body snack. armor. Yeah, something like that. So they they can get those sponsors that are through the UFC. 
And that's all. Like, you can negotiate those. Like, hey, you have to make sure that those sponsors sponsor me, which they would anyways because you're John Jones. You know, I mean, I would imagine, like, it'd be pretty obvious that they would sponsor him. Um, there's no reason to pay a, uh, a percentage to a management, knowing that all you're going to do is go to Dana White, and the same the deal that Malky's going to negotiate is the same damn deal John Jones is going to negotiate. It's just, it's true. Maybe it's going to, okay, maybe I lost, you know, a couple thousand dollars here, but I gained it here. That's really what it's going to come down to. So there's no reason to have a manager. Not at that level anymore, I don't think. My opinion. Okay. What do you think? I think you know, it's happened too many times in the past. Guys, guys reach a certain level within the sport, and they look and go, "There's no reason for me to." I, I understand where I'm at in the sport. I, you know, being especially with the UFC, they do have a metric that you know they basically use for all their fighters. Um, you can go outside of it depending upon you know where you stand as champion or. I mean, if you're a special person with pay-per-view buys, you can get, you know, more. But that's, he's definitely not the first. You know, there's been a lot of guys that have left their management or changed it over to someone that's a family member based upon it's not going to change having the manager. The only thing that's going to change is you're going to be paying that manager a percentage depending upon what it is. So. Yeah, I would never let anyone from my family manage me. <laughs> I don't give a crap. Yeah. Um, it's happened. Yeah, I, I know. I know it has. But I mean, like, I would just negotiate the deal myself. And just, you just have to walk into the room just realizing that you know what your worth is, or you feel like you know what your worth is, and you have to be ready to swallow that, swallow that pill that says, Oh, there you go. You're not, you're not worth that amount of money. And when you break down all the metrics of what it is and you break down all the numbers and the figures, you have to look at it as a business point of view. Okay, look, I know what I made last fight, and I know what I feel like I can make for this fight. The Ngannou fight, let's just be realistic. He should make about $10 million for the fight, and he should be able to say- Plus pay-per-view. Plus pay-per-view. So let's say he makes probably about, I would say maybe about $15 million. I would say somewhere around there is what he would make. And I think that that pay-per-view, depending on how well they stack the rest of the car, would probably break, I don't know if it'd break a million, be about probably- It would break a million. You think so? Yeah. I would say 850 to 1-1, somewhere in there. It would. It really depends how many people, I mean, streaming now is just so easy for everybody. You know what I mean? So it's, it, you really don't know. And it's worldwide. People are still in, still in this shit. So it's, it really would come down to how many people, real with how well they stack that card. And if they're going to put, uh, and how many people are going to pay for it. That's what it came down to. Well, there's enough dummies out there like me that don't even know how to steal the stuff. So it really comes down to that pay-per-view would do anywhere between 1 to 1.5. You think so? I do. Yeah. Enough people would want to see it. And it's there's multiple reasons why. You know, I look, there's, there's a ton of people that want to see John Jones fight as a heavyweight. There's a ton of people that want to see John Jones get knocked out. As a heavyweight, and they think Francis Ngannou is the guy that can do it. There's a ton of guys that want to see John Jones go up there and destroy Francis Ngannou and get a submission or, or you know, ground and pound him. He's got that on both sides, and that's when normally you're going to make good money. Is people want to see you win and people want to see you lose, and that's that's not a bad thing. I think I was reading something though. John's only gone over a million a million views once. I think you're right. I think it was with DC. I think it was the first one, right? No, second one. Second one, okay. Yep. So he he's so to think that he's going to go beyond a million, even That's, though it's a heavyweight, it's it's a stretch for me. Again, 
It's the opponent also. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what changes it because you can look at all those opponents that he had, and he he was he was up in the eight fifties at time. A lot of times in the fives, sixes, everything just you know kind of stayed. And then he had the one with DC. It did really well, and then the second one did really well. Mm-hmm. And you can you can go back and you can look at a UFC 200 did really well. He was the guy that was the main event for it, but it got pulled. Yeah. So no, actually, no, he's never broke one million. I thought he did. No, his best one was the second DC fight, and it was 860. Okay. So to think that he's going to get over a million against Francis, and I and I like Francis. The problem is Francis is too nice of a guy. There's no there's no storyline storyline there outside of the fact that he's fighting a heavyweight. I don't know if that's enough to pull a million views. Oh, come on. What do you mean there's no storyline there? If, if the UFC would do a – and I'm going to – a lot of times they do a fantastic job of you know, showcasing a fighter. You talk about a guy that's got a story, and they don't put out there. It's Francis. That dude's got a story and a half. Where he's been, what he's accomplished, how, and the time frame that he's accomplished it in – what he came from, the things that he did in his life to you know get from one country to the next, he's amazing. They need to put that story out there. Yeah. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm simply telling you the storyline between the two fighters of them fighting is not there outside of it just being a heavyweight fight. I don't think it's going to break. I was thinking 850. And but here, remember all the lead up. Remember the ESPN shit for the Jones Cormier two. I'd spit in your face. I'd fucking kill you. Remember that? Yeah. That was that got eight sixty. There was no damn way this fight is breaking. No, 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 no. no. That was the first one. Was that spit in the face? That was after they had their little tussle in the uh, MGM uh, lobby. Okay, that still only did eight hundred. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why, you know what I mean? Like, I only did 800. So let's, let's when we get down to the real numbers, it's got to be a stacked card. Like, if they, in this card that just happened last weekend, they're saying it only did about 700. That's, that's insane. That's, that, that card was, I don't know if it's because we were happy to have fans back. I was a nerd too, going, man, this is this, these two first fights of the night are fucking. Oh, no, it was good. Yeah, they were good. But I'm saying like, oh, the crowd, this is nuts. Yeah, I mean, they're fighting harder because of the crowd. I was in my mind, you know. I don't know if that's what it was, but probably was. But that had a, so much hype behind it, and only got 800. This Francis is gonna be nice to him. He's gonna, be like, hey, okay, John, I respect you. Like that's Francis. You're not gonna get that. This is what people fucking love these days. This is they love all this drama bullshit. That's why this car did that car did so well with DC both times. Francis ain't gonna bring that drama. Francis is gonna show it in the cage, and that's it. That may bring you up to about 800, 850. I don't think it will either. It, that card's gonna have to be stacked, and I can see why now. Dana's talking about no, you're not worth that amount of money, whatever the number was. No, you're just being unreasonable. So, if they stack the rest of that card. But then when the, here's the problem. When you stack the rest of the card, you're paying those guys and those females yes, you a ton are. of money as well. If I put other champions on there, they're making championship money as well. To have three title fights in one night, fan, you guys are fucking spoiled because it's a very expensive card. So 800,000 pay-per-views, sure, it seems like a lot, but it ain't a lot. You know what I mean? It's not a lot when you're paying the, you know, they are, the fighters are making, they're making good money. But they're also got 15 fights on the card that they're paying as well. 
So it depends on how good the card is. Though all those fighters are making a shitload, a, a ton of money as well, making a decent amount. No matter what people say on fucking Twitter, okay, they're making good money. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen those payouts. <laughs> Fuck. I, I just I think everyone's all oh, the all the act and they want they want to they want to they want five fights a night and then no one even comes to the fight until the main event. No one gives a shit about boxing before the main event. Yeah. Crap about it. That's what you're gonna turn the sport into. Oh, all the I'm still see the fighters. I see older fighters still on there talking about all the act this, all the act that. I, my thought is a union. If you do a union for the fighters, they can they can meet with Dana and whoever else owns it and says, hey, let's like up our our percentage. You said what? It's at sixteen percent now. 17 i think 17 now so let's go up to 20 another three percent of whatever it is and then in a couple of years we revisit this and go up to 24 25 let's work this as a, as a unit and a team let's not just jump right to 30 and say yeah take it in the ass let's let's deal with this properly as you know like there was oh the pfl or not the pfl but the pro football whatever whatever their organization is called same thing with major league baseball they all have it as well but they come down to the table every time and they negotiate and they say, hey, this is what we want. This is what we want to do. Let's just not jump it right up to 30. Let's get it to 20, 22%. How about that? You know, and then a couple of years, let's say five years, we renegotiate it and we go back to the table. That's how you're going to handle business and you're going to make it easier for the UFC to kind of give in. You start trying to stick it to them for 30, they're going to say, fuck you guys. It's never going to go anywhere. They're just going to pay more politicians to say no. <laughs> they do that. Anyways, all right, what else you got for us? Um, next pe- last piece of news here before we go to fan questions is uh, apparently Nick Diaz has been offered the um, Hamzat fight um, and you know Hamzat obviously wants that fight but uh, there's no confirmation but that's kind of where, where the sources are uh, speculating right now <sighs> I think it's a horrible fight for Nick I think just size, everything like that. Not that I don't think Nick can beat him. I think we haven't seen. I haven't seen enough of Hamzat to to make me think that he can beat Nick. I, I think he can probably because he's been more active, obviously, outside of the COVID situation. Yeah. But I mean, Nick looks great right now. He looks fucking lean. He looks ripped. I saw some pictures of him. But on top of that, when I saw him at the fights, he looks healthy. His face looks like he looks slender. I've seen him before where yep. he hadn't got and fucking he looked puffy in the face. All of those things. He looks, he looks in shape and ready to go. Um, that doesn't mean that he's going to jump right in and be right where he was when he left off. You know, he wasn't even, he wasn't that good when he left off. It was before when he was in strike force, he was doing great. Like he he looked great. Um, I want to see a little bit of that Nick come back. I don't know if we will, but he is getting a little older. But the Hobbs off fight to me doesn't interest me. Just to be honest, I don't want to see, I don't, I don't want to see Nick in a good fight. The Hobbs off fight, I think Hobbs off will. Take him down, control him. You know, Nick's good on the ground, crafty on the ground, all those things. But the one thing that those two guys have always lacked, Nick and Nate, is strength. They have a hard time with good wrestlers. They always have. You know, um, Nick with Diego Sanchez, same thing. Wrestling, positioning, all of those things. All the guys that have always out-wrestled them, they've lost to. Hamzad is a little bit better. He is a better wrestler than them. No doubt about it. If he gets to the top position, I think he can control the position and Nick's going to be on his back the whole fight. I don't want to see that. I want to see Nick against somebody else. I'd like to see maybe him and Steven Thompson. I would do that. Maybe. Damn, that's not a bad fight. What about Game Bread? Why not? Why not Masvidal? Instead of Nate, why not Masvidal? That's we what saw, I said. We saw that Nate was not strong enough for, for Masvidal. Why not now? They're both coming off losses, Nick and uh, Game Bread. That's a fucking great fight. That's a money fight. Let's see it. That's a BMF fight. 
That is a BMF fight. That is for yeah. sure one of those. It's a fights. bad motherfucker fight. That'd be a good. That's what I've always thought is the fight that I would want to see. Sure. Nick was going to come back. I thought that him and Masvidal is the perfect, perfect matchup. It's got a story to it already. Yeah. He beat the brother. You know, they're they're all part of the bad motherfucker squad. So I think it'd be great. Yeah, that we that West Coast East Coast shit. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I think that's the fight. Yeah, that'd be more of the fight to to make. If you know. I, you know, normally, and you you look at what you know Nick does when he fights and and who he has problems with, and just like you said, he doesn't like wrestlers. Well, Tamayev is a fucking wrestler and a half. The guy can wrestle his ass off, and he's going to take Nick down. He's not going to sit there and and stand with Nick. Nick is good in the standup. People don't realize how good Nick is in his standup. As far as he's awkward. Okay, he doesn't do things in the natural flow of what you think strikers do. This is a guy that fucking trained with Andre Ward and was Andre Ward's sparring partner for multiple fights that Andre Ward was getting ready for. Andre Ward was one of the best, slickest boxers there ever was. Mm -hmm. And this was his training partner, all right? The dude can stand up and fight. Chimaev is not going to stand with him. He'll stand with him for the first 15 seconds, and then he'll say, fuck that. Boom, and he's going to try to take him down. And when it hits the ground, it's a matter of can Nick find the submission? Probably not. You know, Jemayev would have to make the mistake for it to uh, be available. And you just look at it's going to be a, that. Well, if it's a if it's a main event, it would be a five round fight. But I just don't see it being a good matchup stylistically for Nick. Where I think the game bred. Look at Masvidal doesn't take people down. Yeah. You know, who, who's he taking down? You know, for the most part, very few people. Yeah. So, him and Nick, that would be a fun fight. Can you pull up the rankings for one seventy? He's not going to be in it. No, no. Who? Nick. No, 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 no. I know. I want to. I want to look at it to see who potentially he could fight. You know. Um. I guess me. Michael Kies is not a big enough name. You know, Mazadal. I mean, really would be it. Steven Thompson, Mazadal. Vicente Luque, even though it's not yeah. a big enough name, but you know, it'd be a good fight. Maybe Gilbert Burns, because he's coming off the, the loss of the, the champ. But Gilbert Burns is fighting Steven Thompson next, so maybe he fights the winner of that. Or if you're gonna go all the way back, well throw throw Robbie Lawler and Nick back together one more time. That'd be a fun fight. Yeah. Just for, just they did it a long time ago. Nick won. That was a great knockout. But yeah. uh just because I'm fucking old, I'd love to see it. <laughs> Uh, that was a great fucking fight it was i was fucking just i was in the arena i was like what the fuck is going on right now oh dude they started slinging oh man i'm like what is going on right now i can't believe (laughs) standing with this guy because i remember robbie when he fought he'd fought in the i think it was the wc and i was there with uh kelly delante i was like he's a young kid had like the the curly hair it was kind of it was grown out it was kind of froofy at the time and he Robbie's, went, yeah. When Robbie's got long, he fought Landon Showalter. Oh yeah, he fucking starched him <laughs> quick too, just real quick. I was like, holy shit! Yeah. And um, yeah, that's how long ago it was. It was crazy. And then he lost him. Yeah, just nuts. Great fight though. And then yeah, it was the IFC. There you go, the IFC. And then uh, we fought a couple times together. Uh, who do you fight? In Shogun. We bought on that Shogun card. Saburo Kawakatsui or whatever he fought. TKO punches first round. Yeah, he just had some, he had big power, man. He just yes. chased dudes down. He used to chase guys down. 
he knocked out Lana Showalter. He put he went stiff, fucking like stiff. And I was like, oh damn, this guy's good. Yeah, he's always been. I love that for a throwback fight for me. I have to hit you. Throwback, that'd be a great fight with you. That'd be great. Him and Robbie, that'd be yep. fun. Um, anything else? Uh, fan questions? Yeah, what you got? Go. Um, let's got about ten in here. Okay, let's go. Uh, so the first one comes from R. And he asks, Big John, can you explain your stoppage in the Rose Namajunas versus Joanna first fight? It seemed Rose walked away and then you stopped it after she got up and left. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever you say, you're, you're right. <laughs> um, if you watch the tape, you'll see me reach over and I hit her. And I touch her and tell her stop. And... She stopped right away, jumped up, and got up. Now, the reason why, if you want to get into it, I had had two neck surgeries uh, two weeks apart because I had a, a, a problem with my neck that got real bad, and it was uh, basically I was paralyzed on one side, so I, I walked, I, I stepped away, uh, I canceled all the fights that I was supposed to do, and the one that I was going to come back for was November 4th which was George St. Pierre and Michael Bisping. And that was the fight that was there. And, uh, is notice when I hit her, what did she do? She stopped. And my, my biggest problem was I used to actually grab if it was, you know, when you're talking about the smaller women, cause you're talking about 115 pounds here. I, I, I would normally just take my arm and grab them and pull them and pick them up and take them away from their opponent. Because that way I could, I wasn't going to hurt them. I didn't want to try to dive in between them at any time because I'm a big person and I, I never wanted to hurt one of the fighters by doing something like that. And in the, this situation, I did that because I realized I couldn't, I didn't think I could pick her up. I, I was that bad as far as being fixed. And so I, I did that. But that, that was what that fight right there was what told me, okay, you're going to retire. Because if you can't do it the right way, uh, what if she didn't stop? You know, and that was a real concern of mine at the time. So uh, she didn't just stop. I, I told her to stop. You can see me. My arm goes over and touches her, and she stops like the uh, great competitor she is. And that was it. Here comes the arm. Boom, right there. John, what are you going to do? If you jump in, you're fucking squash fucking Exactly. Butt. That's the whole like point. You guys, I shot a single leg on John inside the fucking Bellator cage, and all he did was fall down on top of me and fucking almost killed me. Like, you know, I've ever seen like an accordion get folded like this in half. They don't call him Big John for no reason, guys. Come on, man. This girl's 115 pounds. What are yeah. you gonna do? He probably almost broke her rib tapping her that like that. Like, you guys cut him some slack. No, I, that, the best part is there's a whole story there because. Just go with the go with the question again there, Dave. What did he say? He asked, um, can you explain your stoppage in the first fight? It seemed Rose walked away and then you stopped it after she got up and left. Now what now just you're you're watching it here, Dave or Josh. Yeah. Do you see her just get up and walk away and then I stop the fight? No, you no, hit you her in the, like, I thought you I thought you beat side. her in the ribs a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty hard. Yeah. So it's like well, you know, you can make up whatever story you want, but just because you say something doesn't mean it's true. You know, 
the, the truth of the matter is exactly what I said. I would normally would have grabbed her and picked her up and, and just carried her off of her, but I didn't think I could, and I didn't want to jump in on them because I didn't want to hurt them. So that's what I tried. It worked, but I knew it was not going to work all the time. And that kind of created a situation where I was like, eh, you better figure out what you're going to do there, dummy. It's the type of question where you know he knows there's a good explanation. He just wants to hear you say it. So I'm sure. <laughs> okay. I'm sure oh, the he's problem enlightened. is though, he's watching it and he sees him tap at her. Like, I don't understand. Like, the, I guess a lot of people are expecting what, like, you know, you, I've seen before in the past, but Herb also, they've jumped in between. Yeah. You also, really have to take into consideration the size. Size, of the size of the fighters. Like I said, he fucking fell on me and almost killed me. Okay. <laughs> well, here, in fact, you know, Dave, pull up uh, Ronda Rousey's end of the fight with um, uh, Betch Cohea. Okay, that was in Brazil. Now, this was before I was hurt. Okay? And if you pull up that and you watch the end of the fight, watch what I do. Because this is what I did with a lot of women fighters that were of 135 and, and lower is I would take and I would grab them. And I would just pick them up and pull them off. I did the same thing with Cody Garbrandt when he fought uh, Almeida. Okay, boom, pick uh, her up. I'll get the real speed here for you. It's, it's, it's pretty similar. It it would work, and I I knew I wasn't going to hurt the fighter. It was going to be very easy, and it was a simple clean break of the fighters. And then when I realized eh, I'm not the same person, I can't do the same things. I was happy. You know, you got to figure, I couldn't put my fucking suitcase in the overhead uh, bin of the airlines. My my arms didn't work. Because your you know, fucking I, arms are so damn big. No, yeah, they were getting smaller because of, yeah. like, I, I was screwed, man. You know, I was paralyzed. My nerves weren't working, and it was a, it was a problem. So uh, it was a matter of, I didn't have the, the physical strength that I had. You know, you got to figure, at one time in my life, I was incredibly strong way stronger than 99.9999% of the people out there. You know, I, I was lifting a lot of weight and, uh, you know, squatting 800 pounds and things like that. But, you know, that didn't, that doesn't last forever. And then as you get hurt, you know, and my neck went bad. And boy, I'll tell you what, when your neck goes bad, the rest of your body starts to go bad real fast too. So you learn real quick. You're not invincible. All right, what else you got? Uh, Ryan Buckley says, for both you guys, if you could make two fighters in the same way and have them fight, who would you pick? I assume that means, you know, if you could pick any two fighters and put them in the same weight class. Oh, so you could say, just pick two two fighters no matter what, and you say, okay, they're going to fight this weight class because they'll be both be that size. Yep. Is that what it's saying? Yeah, that's, that that's, like a, that's what I think. Okay. Uh, I mean, like, if we two fighters and make them fight, Come on. I would say I have a couple of them. So you're, you're basically just saying dream fights. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Patricio and Volkanovsky, and I would say. Well, that's a 145er already. Yeah. Which uh, I like. We're but, saying, like, if you could put, like, John Jones against, like, Demetrius Johnson, for example. And I wouldn't want to see that. There has no desire. I, and the <laughs> Mazadal and Nick Diaz. Those are the, my. Those would be the two fights I'd love to see. Yeah. I'd love to see Mazadal and Nick. I, as soon as Nate had lost to Mazadal, I was like, I'd like to see Nick come back for that fight. In I'm my gonna, mind? yeah. I'll I'll do it. I'll do it the way you're you're saying it. I would like to see John Jones and AJ McKee. You can bring John down to 145, or you can put AJ up to 205. I think style wise and size wise, if they matched up the same, 
you're going to see a very similar fight. It'd be a very interesting fight. True, true. Yeah, I want to see. I guess if I was going to go back, I, I mean, and the only reason why I'm saying Volk now is I would like to see Patricio and Jose Aldo in his prime. Yes. It's all Patricio now and Jose Aldo in his prime. I would love to see that. Yep. You know? Go with Patricio. Yeah. Yeah, this is very true. <laughs> this is very true. Um, what other fighters? Dude, I don't think I don't know if you even grasp the question though. No, you're right. You're no, I do. I do grasp it. But okay. like he he put AJ McKee and John Jones. Yeah. It's just such a far distance of weight, and I can't visualize. Yeah, like, but you're would, saying you're you're saying okay, I'm gonna visualize uh, AJ McKee as a 205 pound AJ McKee. At the same height and same reach, yeah. But yeah, you know, basically the John is because they're built in a similar fashion as far as just one's smaller. Yeah. So it would I, be a, it would be an interesting contest. I would rather see John go down and fight him. And I'm not yeah. Well, John would be faster then. That'd be good. But yeah, I would. We haven't very rarely see guys at 145 do all the things that John did at at 205. You know, we haven't seen even AJ McKee hasn't done the stuff that John Jones has done at 205, like the spinning elbows, the up elbows, the, you know, all those little things that John did at 205. He's remarkable, absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen a 45 pounder do it. And I'd love to see John Jones do it at 45. So if I had to shrink him down into a little bitty, bitty box, little tiny John, little tiny John, and put him there at 45, because the things that AJ has done has been fast, explosive, and just it has been all those things. But just in a different way. It's not anything fancy. He just has the power at 145. John didn't really have a whole lot of power. He just had a lot of things that were different, like the up elbow, the spinning elbows, the the knees, the control, the rest. He did. He's phenomenal. Just I'd like to see that shrunk down to 45. That's all. Next question. I'd love to see a 205 pounder do a run off the cage and a backflip though. By the way. So that might- <laughs> Uh, next question. Uh, Alejandro de Leon asks, uh, I want to know uh, if both of you can rank your best and worst USA airports. I travel a lot for work and I want to see if we are on the same page. Also, <laughs> thank you for making my flights more tolerable with your podcast. Well, for me, um, one of the, I, the absolute fucking worst is LAX. LAX. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> disgusting. The people are disgusting. Everything about it, I cannot wow. stand LAX. Wow. It's just, it's horrible. They, The thing that pisses me off the most is they bring their damn dogs. And their dog. I've seen their dogs pee on the ground. And then I see people or kids walking on their, uh, kids, babies walking on their hands and knees because people have layovers. Because every time out of LAX, the flights are delayed or canceled. or It's a sh- it's it's horrible, man. And they're, they don't ever have like... They never have areas for people to sit down. Like if you go to a restaurant, there's only seating in the restaurant. If you're not eating there, you can't sit there. So it's there's no real seating outside of by the gate, and it's always packed. It's slammed packed. That airport is a shit. It's a piece of shit. I cannot stand that place. I, I will avoid that place at all costs. The only time I've ever had to forcibly fly through that shithole is when I was going to the Cook Islands. The only place you could fly out of was you had to fly from San Jose or San Francisco to L.A. first to go out of L.A. to go there. So what's your favorite? Um, You know, I, I've got a couple. Honestly, Detroit's not bad. People don't like it. It's so big, though, that I actually like it. I love it. It's so clean, too. It's new. It's clean. It's 
They've got they've got I'm a Delta Club member, so they've got Delta Clubs at almost every terminal. They've got one at the A and B terminal, and they've got one at the at the or sorry A and C terminal. They got one at the B terminal, and so it's it's nice to just I don't have to like walk all the way across the damn airport to get to the Delta Club or whatever. So I like I like Detroit. Not maybe not people don't. I think it's nice. It's clean. I love when the the airports are high right. Like uh, the ceilings are super high. I like that. It's very. You like O'Hare? Yeah, uh, it, it, I do like that because what I did like it. The reason why is they have the the glass, so it's natural light. I love natural light in airports, and they've got the flags that come across. You know that are very, they always have like American flags, or they've got you know whatever international yeah, international flags. They've got them hanging. I love that type of shit, man. That stuff, I really, that gets me. I love seeing things like that. You know, you go to LAX, you don't get any of that shit. You get just filth and dirty. Go to the international section. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's, I will tell you. It makes me sick thinking about it. Pretty pretty simple. LAX is not not one of my favorites either. It, it's not great. Uh, also, like, uh, Washington Dulles sucks. Um, JFK sucks. Newark sucks. Yeah. Horrible airport. airport. Um, the ones that are good, Dallas is actually huge, but it's good. It functions well. You can get around well, so it's uh, not a problem. Charlotte is actually pretty good. It functions well. You get you can get around pretty easy. Um, Denver is huge, but not that bad to get around either. Yeah. Um, that's that's about it. But uh, Denver's not the, one of my favorites, though. No, because it's ugly. But yeah, it's, it's, ugly. it's out in the middle of nowhere. But uh, yeah, the other one that's actually pretty good is McCarran in in Vegas. Easy, easy to get in and out of for the most part. Not a problem. Nah, it's easy. The, I fly specifically when I go to Vegas. I fly Virgin and JetBlue because they have their own terminal. Yeah, that's it. I because then also, which is strange when you go there, they have their own terminal and their terminal seems to have all the good food, like the healthy food. You go to the <laughs> other terminals, it's like McDonald's and Burger King and all this other shit. You go to O'Hare, you go to you go to McCarran, and it's. In that one terminal, they've got like salad spots, and they've got like like grill. I don't know. They've got like great food places, great food choices that are healthy. You go to the other the other terminals, it's like all Wendy's and McDonald's and just shit. And I'm like, I can't. St- I, uh, it drives me crazy. I know I'm such a princess when it comes to that. Well, I'll tell shit. you. How I'm, about international? What do you like? What's your favorite international? I mean, so far, it's for me. It's been. Um, uh what's it called you better not say heathrow no 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 no. (laughs) are you talking about in the states you're talking about in the state i thought about like maybe overseas international like oh over in you uh, know what international means yes yes i do oh what i'm saying is uh what's someone uh in amsterdam oh you like amsterdam the reason why i like it because the women are hot there yeah i figured (laughs) They're you like Amsterdam because they have a red light district. Yeah, uh, <laughs> their their women there are freaking amazing. It's crazy. They're all tall. They're all tall. I'm short, so I was I, gonna say. So what does that do for you? I love it though. I love, it. <laughs> I love climbing. Me, they walk. Me. They walk past me. I look up and like give them the dimple. <laughs> it's great. They all have a lot of them have olive skin with light eyes, beautiful features. I mean, just like I said, I'm a horn dog man. So <laughs> it's, they're great, man. They're like they're beautiful. They have very beautiful women over there. So I love I like Holland. I like uh, Amsterdam. Amsterdam's good. Yeah. Frank Frankfurt's actually huge, but good airport. I don't think I've been there. Oh, I've been to all of them. 
I'm not saying it's a good thing either, but there's some really bad ones, man. Yeah. Um, I was in, uh, Cape town or not Cape town. I was in, uh, what's it called? Uh, Johannesburg. Johannesburg. No, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm thank a you. I was going to get human trafficked. No, thank yeah. you. Go to Grozny. Where's that at? Ooh, Chechnya, Grozny, Russia. Oh, I wasn't bad about one that. plane. I swear to you, I swear to you, I'm not kidding. One plane, one plane. It flies in at 2.30 in the morning. They disembark while you're waiting in this room. They put everyone on the plane. It takes off. No more planes at the airport. It's the worst place ever. That reminds me of. That's, uh, that's where Chemayev is from. So he's he knows what I'm talking about flying out of there. That reminds me of Fargo, North Dakota. Oh, it's bad, man. <laughs> I, I, I went out there. My brother went to school at North Dakota State. And I went out there for his graduation. And my flight, I thought it was at 6.30. It was actually at 5.30. And uh, missed my flight. And I'm like, I can see the flight. I was actually, I was still there. The flight was still there. I was, I can, there's only two damn uh, gates. I can see both of them. There's no one there. I'm like, I have my boarding pass. They're like, no, sorry, you missed your flight. I'm like, I can see the gate. They're like, nope, sorry, you missed your flight. I still had like five minutes left. They're like, no, no, you're not going to get through there in time. There's no one in security. There's no one here. You're in Fargo. Anyways, it was a, it was a, oh, no. if, if you go to Grozny, you go through about five or six different security checks. Now you have no ticket. You don't have a ticket. And finally you'll get to this one place where there's some women sitting there. And if you're the first person up to the, where they're at and they start, you're going to be one A. And then the next person behind you will be one B and the next person behind them will be one C. <laughs> it wow. just, they, they fill the plane. Just like, you don't have a choice of what seat you're in. Wow. <laughs> oh, it's bad. But the best one that I ever went out of was grand Island, Nebraska. We get on a plane there to get out and it gets to the end of the, you know, it taxis to the end of the runway and takes off. It's going, going. My wife was with me, and all of a sudden, it's there, and it's doing the big stop, right? And she's like, "What? What's going on?" I go, "Nothing good." Right? And then, <laughs> and they take me taxi all the way back down. They said, oh, "We have a little bit of problem right there." Then they start switching people in seats based upon weight, right? And they try it again. Take off, right? My wife's going, "I want off of the plane." I want off the plane. You can't get off the plane. <laughs> right. Third time was a charm, man. See, third time we got up. That happened to me a little bit in uh, the Cook Islands. We went from, oh, yeah. uh, me and some friends went from Roatunga, the main island there, to the smaller island called Atataki, which is where they filmed Cook Island Survivor. And same thing happened. We flew out of there at like, I want to say it was like 10 at night. We flew out of there at 10 at night. It was that and stopped at the end. Like ran out of runway. That's it. We didn't have speed. I'm like, well, thank God we figured that out before we tried to take it off. I was like, shit, man. So, That's it. Yeah, no, I mean, I've had some great experiences traveling around the world. Uh, you know, but mainly like when I get familiar with an airport, I try to fly through that same airport over and over. So I don't go out to other airports unless I have to. So everywhere I've ever had to go through you, the like to the UK, I've always gone through Amsterdam. I haven't, I haven't tried to go anywhere else. And then like through like South Africa, I loved it. It was beautiful. Um, but just the airport's a little sketch, you know, and, um, but I, I, outside of all those other places, I mean, to me, I think for me, the one of the funnest places to fly into, it was a reality check. I flew into Hilo 
I got off the plane. Yeah. It was like, I don't know, two, maybe two gates, three gates, yeah. maybe. But you, you walk out and everything's open. Like you're, yeah. it's open. The gate is open. Everything's open. Like you're, you're sitting in seats, but they're outside. Like it doesn't matter if it's raining or it's, you know, or if it's whatever sunny, it's everything's <laughs> outside. You're, you're sitting outside the whole time. There's no, there's no indoor to the actual airport. It's all outdoors. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I thought that was, it was, it was just different to me, you know? Uh, what Next else? up, Dave. Next question. And then just for uh, on Alejandro's question, um, he's obviously downloading the audio version of the podcast, which you can do on Spotify and iTunes. So just so everyone knows, you can download them before you travel, and then that way you can listen while you're on a plane. You'd have to buy them. Yeah, that's great. That's that's actually that's helped me a lot too. Um, you download it beforehand, and then you can listen to it throughout your whole flight and have it there. Because sometimes, like your flights, say we do a two-hour show, and your flight's an hour and a half or two hours, or whatever. It's, bud you all the way up to it. it's perfect we're there with you the entire way there yeah yeah that's a big thing too we're trying to get our audio platforms up to up to par with the rest of our youtube channel so if you guys can make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on the all the audio platforms as well spotify soundcloud google play whatever else we have stitcher uh, itunes yep. so you know check them all out itunes and spotify uh those are uh, the two it sounds to me those are the two popular right the jukebox, the most popular. So if you guys can't hit that subscribe button there too and listen to us there. So I know that when people get back to work, they'll start listening to us in the car because you shouldn't be watching YouTube while you're driving. By the way, I just want to be that person to tell you, <laughs> even though that's what I fucking do. <laughs> so uh, what else you got for us? All right. Joshua Agnew asks, uh, for all the boys and podcast Davis, he matters. In your opinion, where in the world have you seen the most growth in MMA of recent? What areas do you see huge potential for in the future? Cheers from New Zealand, or chur, whatever chur means. I mean, uh, where have I seen the most growth? Would we be from Dagestan? There's fucking no way. There's not. It's not from there. Um, I get what you guys are saying. Like, I would like to venture outside of that. I would say probably New Zealand and Australia. I mean, they've started like putting together some good fighters. They have they have great coaches out there now. They've have team. They have teams out there now that they can work with. But, I mean, it's got to be Dagestan. I'm sorry. There's just too many top guys. There's a lot of guys that are not even – even. there's a lot of guys that are not even signed with companies, you know, that, that are fighting ACB or ACA or whatever it is, you know, and yep. or other Russian uh, fight promotions that are better than a lot of the fighters that are signed with the biggest promotions in the world right now. They just they're, – they're damn good, man. They're really damn good. So, I don't – I would say it's that area for sure. I would have to agree with you. There's some great fighters. There's great fighters all over the world. That's the one really good thing about fighting is it doesn't take a whole lot to actually have, you know, uh, the people there. It's it's about it's about knowledge and the transfer of knowledge, and uh, you get good fighters throughout the world. But if you're going to say the area that has really risen as far as fighting has been in Eastern Europe, looking at Dagestan places in Russia, Chechnya, those kind of places. Look, the the guys and and ladies coming out of those areas, they are nasty good. I mean, nasty good. You know, we just had one, you know, uh Absaragova from Chechnya. Yeah. You know, comes in 115 pounds, knocks her opponent out 1 2. Yeah. And that's that's what's coming out of these areas. So uh, there's some just great talent 
that is coming up, but it's going to switch too. It's going it, to, you know, it, look, you can, you can take a look. It was, you know, the way the sport has gone in Brazil was, you know, the hotbed and still has been a hotbed for a long time. And the U S became, you know, another one. And then the areas have switched, you know, a little bit, you know, throughout the years going to places, you know, and England started to get some really good fighters and Ireland got good fighters there's good fighters everywhere, but if you're saying as a whole, what, where we're seeing a lot of great talent come, I mean, top tier talent, guys that can fight with anyone, Eastern Europe. Yeah, I think even when they get signed, they come in. They're already they're already ready to fight at the say the top yep. level. Whereas other fighters have to be groomed from the top, you know, from the 15 mark on up to get into that top 10. These guys can actually probably just jump right into that top 10 caliber of fighter and yeah. fight. Not all of them, but some of them can. <clears throat> what else you got uh phil brown asks uh, would it be possible to have the referee be a judge as well for the mma fights maybe he could give a final word to right some of the wrong decisions thanks <laughs> not a good thing i'm just going to be honest with you there's people that have all the time have asked me things about you know why not have the referee be one of the judges because the referee's doing a lot of things and judging isn't part of that equation because they don't have to, which is a good thing because they, they got a lot of the things to think about. Could they do it? Yeah, uh, you can do it, especially on the easy fights. But when you're talking the really tough fights, and when I say tough fights, when a lot of bad things are happening in the fight, it pulls the referee's attention away from thinking about who's winning the fight into who's doing what in the fight and what do I have to do to correct this and make it so that I can get this fight to its conclusion. Yeah. So, uh, it's not a good thing. And then when you're asking, there's people that will ask about, well, how about if the referee, if you have a draw, the referee is the person that says, no, it's not a draw. This is the person that wins. No referee wants that. No referee wants to sit there and have two guys that fought their asses off or two ladies that fought their asses off and it, it ends up a draw. And now I'm going to say, nope, you're the winner. You're the loser. No one wants to be in that position. That's not a fun position to be in. It's not something that anyone wants because sometimes the fight's a draw. Let it be. Yeah, I don't want to deal with those death threats. Fuck that. This <laughs> is <just> horrible. <laughs> Can you imagine going to walk through a casino after you just decided the main yeah. event? Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> oh, dude, horrible. Gosh, because you got to remember, 50% of the crowd wants the guy to win and 50% of the guy wants the That's other That's it. So it's like, shit. Yeah. What else you got? Fighter for Liberty says, asks Josh, what's your thoughts on the Josh Swain war? Uh, I was invited to this thing and because uh, my name is Josh, but I was actually ex super excited and I heard that a young man won it. I think it was a young boy. What I was didn't, his name? I don't know. I watched it, but it was, I think his name was Josh. <laughs> yeah. It must have been Josh, huh? Yeah. But there was a young a young man that, that won it. And so, yeah. I think it was pretty cool. They actually all came out. And there was a battle. It was like a Josh war. Like everybody named Josh came out and they did something. I don't know what it was. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, but I guess a young like five year old boy won it. So I thought it was pretty cool. It must. It must. It sounded like it was. But I see girls in there too. So they named their kids. Uh, Why well, a girl could be named Josh? I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. In really? fact, I know a lot of a lot of guys named Josh that they're better at girls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hey, but I know I, I, from what I understand, it was a fun little thing that they were doing. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I saw some video clips like this that you're showing me right now, Dave. 
Uh, but I think I think at the end someone had posted a picture of a young boy who had won the whole thing. So can you scroll to see if there's a young boy that won it? Mm. Does it have an ending here? Mm. <clears throat> oh, this yep, could there he is. There he is. Yeah, he ended up being the king or whatever. Yeah, dope stuff. I thought it was a great thing, man. I think it's pretty cool. He got a he got a a, a belt and everything. Maybe Dave should have been there. They're attacking <laughs> that poor child with a Burger King crown around his face. I love it. That was great. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. Look at that. That's pretty cool, man. You can't be mad at that. Nope. John, tell me how fucking cool that is. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. That is awesome. Um, what else you got? Next question comes from Nate Diaz, and he asks, <laughs> "Hey Josh, why do you mention our fight every episode?" And let's run it back. Funny. Okay, <laughs> now. Well, Nate, I had just mentioned it just recently because um, it was four twenty. And as I recall, last time we checked, uh, I smoked you on 420. Ooh. So it was, look, dude, I was like 37, 38 years old when we fought. I'm fucking almost 45 now. You guys get over it. I'm done. I'm like, no, we ain't running shit back. Even if we oh, did. Dude. Fuck. Uh -uh. I, I don't even want to bother getting in shape anymore. Screw that shit. It's out of control. How is the soreness? It's all, it's horrible. I, I work out twice horrible. a day. The last two weeks I've been working out twice, doing two a days because we had this this thing going on. I told Jen I wouldn't drink with her until July, till the Fourth of July weekend. So we've just been, I've just been doing two a days. I been, I took the weekend off. I was fucking dying. I worked out Saturday morning. And I took the rest of Saturday off and Sunday off, and then yeah. But it's I've noticed already a little bit of a difference. It's Operation Kill Dad Bod. So we're in the process of Kill Dad Bod. <laughs> So it's a uh, Oper operation dad bod be gone. Yeah. Be gone. Just got to get like rid of this, this little pooch here. It's from drinking really what it is, John. I got like this little pooch going on. It's horrible. That's why I got a big pooch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, what else I've got, got all the excuses in the world for dad bod right now. Yeah. You're second carrying the baby the weight. <laughs> no, I'm a, well, second one on the way. I'm just like, yeah, you know, second baby buying a house. It's just too much. Yeah. It's too much. You're carrying the baby weight. Uh, Give us another one. All right, the, the last one comes from Blitz Peacock Base Fishing, big name, um, and he asks, um, "Do you guys think Whitaker should jump down a welterweight and again and fight Usman for the belt? I honestly think he's the only person that can make that weight and actually beat Marty." I don't want to see him at one seventy. Uh, he's he's next in line for the title shot. Look, we got I got I got a lot of flack because well we did, but it was mainly me. I got a lot of flack saying because. They offered Whitaker the fight, but you guys, we do our show like before it drops. So I'm letting you guys know. So the news sometimes comes out after we drop it when we talk about it. The fact is that he got offered the fight apparently before Vittori did. He said it's too quick of a turnaround. You also have to put into this position where um, I don't know what his quarantine situation is. So maybe he just could have been like Dan Hooker in quarantine for 50 days. I don't know. He's going back home. He's in quarantine for however long. You know, and then he's going to have to jump into camp again. We don't know. He just fought a great fight, five rounds, whatever. I don't want to see him go anywhere. I want to see him at 85. I want to see him win the title there if he can. If he can't do it, I mean, here's the other thing. Usman's got one or two more guys to go through. Why doesn't he just go up? Give it a challenge. He's the remedy for Izzy, honestly. If he takes Izzy down, I can see him controlling the position. If he can get Izzy down. I mean, there's a lot that can happen between the, t the process of him getting Izzy down, Usman. <laughs> but I don't want to see a depleted Robert Whitaker go down and fight it. Well, he's already fought it. He's already fought at welterweight. Yeah. And he had a hard time dropping down there, and he's been a much better fighter at 185. So why should he drop down? That's crazy. Yeah. If that 15 pounds is a big thing for him, it's not healthy for him. 
so I don't want to see him drop down. If if I would, and I'm saying exactly what you are. I would love to see Whitaker versus Usman. I think that'd be a great fight. Be a fun fight. I would love to see Usman try to challenge Izzy for the title at 185. That would be an interesting fight. But I don't want to see Whitaker leave the 185 pound weight class. He's 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 exactly where he needs to be. What we have seen, and uh, as much as it pains me to say, John has been kind of right on the weight cutting situation. Is that the guys hey. are performing better at the higher weight classes? You know, um, I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of of bouncing from weight to weight. So when the guys finally stay at the weight class that they want to fight at when they go up, I like that. I also I'm not a big fan of fighters as they get older going down in weight classes because that's worse. It's the worst because the fighters are faster the lower you go. So if you're going to go anywhere, go up, you know, where they're slower. But Usman has, I think, he's got all the ability to potentially beat Whitaker. But uh, is he? If he gets the takedown, I can see him controlling the position, the top game, putting the hands on him. You know, he's just got to get in to do it. That's a little scary when you're doing it when you're dealing with Izzy. But I'd like to see the Whitaker fight as well. But I mean, for me, I feel like. There's a lot of talk about Usman being, you know, currently or coming up on being the goat at one at, at welterweight. He's got a little bit. He's got a couple more fights to get there. You know, I know that GSP did it for a longer duration, had more title defenses, whatever it was. But Usman seems to be getting a little bit better and better. But if after if he beats, um, who's he fighting next? Colby. He, let's just assume he beats Colby because he's already beaten him before, and the chances of him beating him a second time are a lot higher. Um, but if he fights Stephen Thompson. And Leon Edwards and gets those two guys out of there because he's already beaten Leon from years ago, but Leon's a different fighter now. So if he fights Leon and gets him out of there again, which he probably he might he may very well do, but he hasn't fought Stephen Thompson yet. It's a different style of fight, you know. Um, he's gonna have to wrestle with that type with with that style of fighting with against Stephen Thompson. So if he can do that, uh, then I say there's not there's not really much left in there for him to do. You know, I'm sure like Michael Chiesa, Vicente Luque will make their way up there. But then beyond those two guys, it gets back down into like Bilal Muhammad and Sean Brady and and maybe Kamzat. That's it. <clears throat> so let's get that's going to take a while for them to get there. Let him go through Leon and let him go through Steven if he can. If he does that, I'd love to see him challenge himself to go to 185 and see if he can get it done there. Because that's one thing GSP never did. There was talk. What? I mean, sorry. That's right. Sorry. Again, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I forgot the business. I love you, brother, but you well, kill me sometimes. Say, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking only because I was thinking the Anderson Silva thing that was been talked about forever. Yeah, was to be talked about was that. So, yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about the business. Damn it. <laughs> but I mean, like, because in my mind, the fight that everyone always wanted to see him fight was the Michael Biz, or not the Michael Bisbee, but the uh, the Anderson, Anderson Silva, Silva fight. Yeah, and like being Usman, being where he is. In his age, it's that kind of that time of like, okay, you're right there. You're 33, I think is what he is. Usman's 33 years old. So get another year of fighting, put him at 34, challenge yourself to fight Izzy and make a ton of money in a super fight. That's kind of where I would see it at. Yeah, he's 33. He's you know? 34 in a few days. 34 in a few days. Well, happy birthday, my man. So 34, I mean, it'd be 35. I mean, like, if he fought, by the time he gets done fighting these other next two guys, I don't know. How old is he? I think he's, like, 28. Well, he's a baby. No, no, he's not 28. He's 31. 31. I was, I, 
I was going to say 32, but it's, yeah, yeah. But you know, let, let's be honest about this. And, and you know, it's it's always the hyper poll that the UFC puts out as far as their fighters and trying to push them over the top and and you know take away from the older guys and stuff. But it's always you know the greatest welterweight fighter of all time. You know, was George St. Pierre. That one's true. That one's true. You know, and then they were they were trying to push the the whole thing with Tyron being the the greatest welterweight of all time. It's like no, but you know the one thing that they're saying now. Kamaru Usman, yep. he gets a couple more wins. He's he's he could lay claim to that. Yeah, he's that good. He's had that good of a career so far. You know, if he wants to be that guy that's just recognized as the greatest welterweight of all time, stay at welterweight. Don't move up. Don't move up. But if you want to challenge yourself, if you want to, you know, get to that point where you say, "Hey, not only was I great at welterweight, I moved up, and I did this," because that's what George can say. He moved up, even though it was years later. He took that title. So, you know, right now, Kamaru Usman is catching. You know, he's 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 climbing those steps that puts him in George St. Pierre territory. So, he's he's something special. But like, okay, so I'm gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate here. All right, go. Let's go. GSP. GSP waited for the right moment to go do that. And Michael Bisbing was the right moment. And I'm not Absolutely. Michael Bisbing. Stylistically, he was tailor-made for GSP. He's there's Both of them are good on the feet. But GSP, I would say Bisbing maybe even had a little bit of the edge on the feet. Um, and, and yeah, definitely had the conditioning, I think, more so than GSP did. But Biz, uh, GSP had the wrestling aspect and the submission aspect and the grappling aspect that was better than, than Bisbing's. Yep. So he never went up and challenged himself against the person who was at the time should have been considered the best, which was Anderson Silva. That was when the moment when they were both kind of in their prime that that could have been done. If Usman does that and he goes up there and is able to win the tie, I, I, I would have, I would have, it'd be very hard to argue the fact that he's the best welterweight. It just, it would stop like beating Izzy versus GSP beating Bisping. And no, I'm not knocking Bisping at all. Bisping was older when they fought. I know GSP was also older as well, but yeah. it just it just the two of them in their prime, Usman and and Izzy in their prime right now fighting. If it was to happen and, and Usman was to win, I'd put I'd put Usman ahead of GSP. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Got it. He's right there. He's he, he's climbing those steps, and if he if he did get that kind of fight, he wins it. Yeah. You can lay claim to it. The only knock I think you could put on Usman is the fact that he's had to fight the same. He's fought. He have to fight Leon again and beat him. Well, he's already beat him, so he kind of knows how to beat him. I know he's a new fighter. We've talked about that. He's yeah. fighting Colby again. Well, he's already beat him. Now he's. He, it's like you, you're beating the same guys, and so it kind of is like, well, you already beat him. You already kind of know how to beat him. That's the only knock. That's the only. And I'm and I'm really fucking pulling the straws here. I'm like, oh, I'm, you are. I am. That would be the only knock, though, is he's beating he's beating the same guys because those guys have managed to stay at the top, though. You know where? But other other than Thompson, he's beaten everybody in the welterweights that you look at and say that's that could, that's a top guy. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not saying anything bad about like guys like Yessa. You know, he's he's up there, but he's not right at that level yet. He's he's got like one big win to go to to get him up to that level, in my opinion. He'd have to beat someone like a Leon Edwards or a Stephen Thompson or a Gilbert Burns. And now you, you can put him at that level. But he's beaten, you know, if you look at, you know, Usman, he's beaten everybody else. 
Yeah. So no. you can't ask anything more for the guy than basically, you know, clearing out his division for the most part. You know, okay, in the top, he's fought he's fought Covington, fought Burns, fought Edwards, did not fight Thompson, like I said. He's fought Masvidal twice. I don't think he's fought Luke. Has not fought Kiesa. You know, he's beaten Damian Maya. I mean, there's only a couple names in there, and, and those are ones that you're looking at and goes, is that the fight you want to see? Yeah. Probably not. No, it's not. Yeah, that's the other thing. you got to figure out what's marketable and what makes that that's money. It. <clears throat> but, I mean, health-wise, though, I mean, we saw what happened to Roy when he went up and fought Gegard. I just don't know if it's a health situation. Like, it's not one of those things that's good for your career and your life. Your... Your health throughout, if you go up and you fight Izzy, it's like, really, you're just, you're going for it for <laughs> yourself. You're yeah, not it's going, your ego. Yeah, it's your, a little bit of your ego. I, I don't, he doesn't seem to have that. I mean, I know fighters have it. Oh, he's got that. Put some respect on my name. He's got some yeah, ego. And it, he, he should. But not like we're used to seeing from other. other. No, people. he's not over the top. I, I do love, do you see how Connor jumps on his, he wins the fight. And Connor's saying, oh, I see you use my stuff. That was a fight you lost. What are you talking about? I love you. I love you, Connor, but you don't steal that man's glory. I, Connor is great at putting things out that gets other people to talk about him, and especially the guy that he was, you know, using will come out and say something. And there's Connor right back at the top. You got to say marketing wise, he understands what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, he knows what he's doing. Oh yes, he does. Doing it on purpose. Yep. All right, guys. Well, hey, let's let's wrap this up. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Wayne in. And our promo code is and, and still and still. And that being said, the reason why we are still and still and everyone should know this is if you guys watch DC on the other guy. Okay, then you'll realize that their screen went red for about 30 seconds and then they had no audio for the next 10 seconds. And that's why we are still the greatest and still. The how could greatest. that how could that happen with an ESPN podcast? We're going to send them a red T-shirt just for a good measure. Yeah. Ooh, we'll send them. A, that's nice. We should do that idea. Red T-shirt. That is, you know, send, send one to both. Even when they came back on, it was there was still no audio for like 10 seconds or so. So it's very. <laughs> It's it's I gotta just tell you like like we've talked about forever and I and I want to say this is maybe what Connor said. There's levels to this game, and these guys are not on our level. So Call Connor, me Connor, go ahead and use that. See, I stole it there from you. Go. All right, there you go. Levels to your stuff, buddy. Make sure you uh, get that Cinco de Mayo. We I'm gonna wear my Cinco de Mayo shirt the next show we have. I have one of those. Do, do I have one? Yeah. No idea. I'm gonna. Where is it? Just probably in your wardrobe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh wait, I think ours arrived this week. Actually. Yes, hold on, hold on. yeah, it's ours arrived. Hold on, hold on. I never got it. My bad, my bad. Okay, I never got it. Ah, <sighs> uh, yeah. So go to prowrestlingtees.com. Use the and still promo code, and you'll get a little uh, discount on there. What is it? Twenty percent, twenty percent discount. And this Cinco de Mayo shirt is only available until Cinco de Mayo. It is gone after that. You will not see it again. Again, this design you will not see again. Until so. maybe next Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> no, it will be the same one. We'll, we'll change it up. It'll be a different design. So, um, want to thank you guys for listening. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that little bell off to the bottom right to get our notifications. And uh, hit that subscribe button. That is the most important part. Please share our videos to everyone else. We would thank you guys for being supportive. And hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. John. Absolutely. To everyone out there, enjoy all the good fights that are coming up. Watch. What FC? Watch the PFL. 
then watch the UFC, and then on May 7th, definitely watch the Bellator because it's going to be on fire. The best, I honestly think the best overall card I think Bellator has ever put on. So will be an exciting night of fights. So everyone have a good one, and we will see you.